to Ready to Be Romanced. I'm Tori. And I'm Megan. And today we are discussing A Court of of Mist and and Fury, Parts 1 and 2. I slowed down so that I could match your energy there. I just need you to know that you were the one giggling. (laughs) I feel like it gets worse and worse every time uh, we do it but we're back welcome back i'm so excited to get into the second book of the court of thorns and rose series i'm assuming people listened to that episode but if they didn't can you introduce yourself to the listeners yes my name is megan i am living in vancouver british columbia uh i am a corporate girly by day and feral reader of Novels, romance novels, fan fiction, by night. And I am obsessed with this series. And people will know if they listen to the first episode how much I bugged you to read it. And particularly bugged you to be like, you need to read this one. This according yeah. to great. We need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, totally, it. totally. So this is the thing about this book series is when you after you finish the second one you're like woof the first one is actually not bad but like it's just kind of a slog compared to when you get to like you know the real love story and the romance parts and then like obviously the I feel like the action also like heats up and I want to say like I feel like when I met you, because I met you in 2015, I think, mm-hmm, I don't think I had such a, I, I definitely had hole, like rabbit holes that I would fall down and like couldn't get out of, like Twilight, mm-hmm. one of the things we connected on first, but I, I feel like I was still like pretty well as a human being, I feel like once I started watching like Outlander and stuff. Keep going, keep going. I, I will proudly wear the me down to my level of obsession over weird things no it's so funny and then like this book I just like didn't get it like the the first book I just I got it I was like this is like a uh, a well-written book it's interesting I like the characters the lore is fine like whatever but I wasn't like obsessed like that people have such a reverent reverence for like these things and then I read the second one and again like I read the first one in the spring I read the the second this one in the fall and I was like oh this is like good and like I'm into this but it like I wasn't like devouring it or anything this second time reading it I'm obsessed I was like I was kind of crying at some points and we, like I, <laughs> no we like, were, it was bad <laughs> we were on a hike we hadn't seen each other in a while we were on a hike and I was like, okay, so have you freaking read the second one yet? Because if you're in the fandom where you're on book talk, where you kind of know but don't know, you kind of know that a lot of people are like, you got to get to the second book. And I was a little disappointed when you were like, yeah, I'm like almost the way through it. And you also had put off reading the second one for a long time because you were like, we won't say it, but there were some spoilers that you were aware of about the second one around yeah. love interest and stuff. And you were like, I just you know, really loved Tamlin. So I just don't really even want to read, <laughs> keep reading. And I was like, and now you've seen the light on your second read through. And I'm so excited to discuss it with you. 
Me too. So let's get into it. We will be discussing a court of mist and fury, part first two parts, parts one and two. And then, of course, like that includes um, Akatar, the first novel. But we won't talk about anything that happens for the rest of the series. Which you can't do since you haven't read them yet. Yeah, which is totally fine because I am currently unspoiled. So author Sarah J. Mass, who has now like, I don't know, three or four series. She's having quite the moment on TikTok. And this book was published May 3rd, 2016. And I want to say we said this in the first episode, but it really shows you, I think, if I didn't come to this book in 2023, where there's, you know, Fourth Wing and like tons of other uh, fantasy, romanticy novels, I would have been like, again, like absolutely feral, like more feral than I am now. Because again, if I had read this then, I would have been like shook to my fucking core. Imagine being 13, like when you pick up Twilight and also being able to pick up a Court of Mist and Fury and reading it. I know. I would have I would have had ended a tattoo. it all. I would have had a tattoo <laughs> of some of the characters' names. So thank God I didn't read this when I was 13. I would have had racist knee tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, literally. Because like I almost got Twilight tattoos, I feel like, when I... <laughs> I'm for sure I'm sure that I had the mark like things yeah that I would have loved to have as a tattoo so thank goodness for us for not that and now we can just enjoy it and now we can just like buy (laughs) t-shirts yeah yeah. (laughs) do things a lot less permanent okay so we get into the book it's three months after the first book has ended and favorite's having these awful nightmares about under the mountain killing those innocent fairies her, like, fear of Amarantha, all of that stuff, losing Tama, blah, 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 blah. And she's throwing up every night. She's, like, rapidly losing weight. Um, and while this happens, Tamlin is sleeping in the room next to her, like, not noticing or saying that she's throwing up. Yeah. Girl's going through some trauma. Yes. And also hinted that, you know, he's maybe waking up from nightmares and having issues too and they're just like not talking about it not great communication skills you too yeah it's just they're just like kind of avoiding it and not really talking about it and it's like sad at the beginning you're kind of like oh well I guess that's real you just went through being tortured and people dying and killing people um and now you're trying to get back to this fairy tale life and you're changed you're now a high fae yes like, she's changed her body she's yeah change She's immortal, so she, like, can't believe that this is happening. She is, like, once what she hated, and she's still getting used to it. Like, she can't understand or use her, like, strength. She breaks five doors. I was like, girl. Glass doors. (laughs) Bella breaking Don coded. She's, like, she's strong for her own good. No, (laughs) literally. (laughs) I was thinking that exact same thing. And during this time, she notes that the tattoo of an eye on her hand is, like, watching her. It's still, like, sentient, I guess. Um, But she hasn't heard from Reese during this time. And she knows that this bargain that she made with Reese is, like, looming over her head. And that one day it's going to come to fruition and she's gonna have to go to night court and live with him mm-hmm. one one week a month one week that a was, month that was the deal they made and 
she kind of like when she was in the mortal world and thinking about Perithian, no one knows anything about Night Court because people that go don't come back. So she views Night Court as like the end of the world, like dark, cold, miserable, and something that she like doesn't want to do. And I think it's known that Amarantha like modeled under the mountain after like something that was in the Night Court. And so it's also like Reesend is also connected to all of that, the evil and the bad. And he was like the bad boy, question mark, question mark at the end of the first one, right? We were like, did you help her? Why did you help her? What's going on there? And so, yeah, now she's just waiting. Yeah, and he's Tamlin's enemy and has a really bad reputation around Perithian. So she's like, oh, my God, like, I made the, a deal with the devil. Like, I'm not looking forward to this. Okay, keep going, because I have a grape and grumble already about a little bit. <laughs> no, tell me. No, just well, tell me. So, so there, so it's been three months. The thing that's on her mind is that she's going to get married, right? Like her wedding is coming up. That's the big thing on her mind. And we can talk about that. But I, when I was reading it, was like, did I miss a scene? When was the proposal? Like I am at this point, like their, their love triumphed. Like they're going to get married. Like this is exciting. And then there's this little throwaway, like he took me to a meadow and, and proposed and I cried and it was the happiest day of my life. And I was like, yeah. we, don't get, we don't get the scene? No, but that's purposeful. Of course it is. Of course it yeah. is. But I'm just, as I'm reading it, you're like, what? No, you're, t- you're totally right. Because I know you're walking around the big, you know, the big twist, but like, the the fact of the matter is is it's getting like plainer <laughs> like clearer every single day the ratings on the wall because we're not seeing these big moments with Tamlin like if Tamlin was the love story that like endured we would see the proposal and like them having sex more or like maybe they I don't do know, have them- some sex they do have some they do have some sex right at the beginning. Yeah, and then they figure out that that's, like, the only way that they can communicate to each other. I feel like that's actually, like, really common. I, I think that happens in real life and in fantasy. This is my, novels. yeah, I think, well, I'll save it as we go in terms of overall thoughts of Graves and Grimbles. But if you're reading it and have no idea that there's, like, some twists and there's some turns coming, you are just, like, you're, I guess you're kind of, like, wow, he's, really protective of her like he's really traumatized that she went through all of this trauma because like you said we're not getting scenes we're not really getting a lot of like love between them and some of the big tension at the beginning is that she is like I don't want to just be wearing dresses and planning parties I'm like growing up and I'm upset about what happened and I just kind of want this all to be over and just to be with you Tamlin and also can I help like repair the world now that Amarantha's gone and he's like stay inside don't go anywhere yeah, he doesn't let Feyre ride with him around, like, the lands. He doesn't let her go into the villages, which are, like, ruined at this point. He's not telling her anything about what's happening. Like, for example, there's one night where Lucian kills five Nagas, our favorite mystical animal. And no, no, the bog is my favorite. <laughs> no, mine's the surreal. Like, <laughs> for sure. But, like, yeah, so that happens. He's, like, injured. He, like, recovers, but, like, he's, like, limping or whatever. And they don't tell her that. And it's she's, like, okay, we're supposed to be, like, a formidable team. And now you're leaving me out of it. You're sticking me with this high priestess Ianthi and making me, like, plan this wedding. 
Um, which again, it really just shows also that Tamlin like doesn't know her because I do get the fact that it's like she can't hone her powers or use her strength at this point. And like people know about her now and know what she means to Tamlin. So I do understand that like he would want to keep her safe in those ways. But like her planning a party... Well, what is, since when it's keeping safe, like not training too, it's all these, like, if we train yes. you, there are the, there will be these messages and we're like, so, and he's obviously like gripped by terror that something bad is going to happen to her. And, and as such, she's just like, you know, we just see her like kind of wasting away. Like we're like concerned. Farah, call a friend. Like we are worried about but you. But she doesn't have any fucking she, friends. Well, she has no friends. And the, like my friggin' beef, like, you know, I'm a Lucian girly and i love him and like you know and he is like whipped by tamlin sorry like being like my high lord we need order and we like she goes to him and is trying to get help too and he's just like just do as he says and i'm like we're really failing everyone who's experiencing some trauma right now we're really failing everybody and and there's just like some like tension yeah they have sex they do the stuff and then it's rising the tension is rising the wedding is coming ianthe is like her only friend at this point but like she's a frenemy for sure she's tamlin's childhood friend she's helping plan the wedding she is a high priestess, which is a powerful creature similar to the High Lords, mm-hmm. but not quite the same. It it gets too complicated <laughs> for me at this point, but she, like, prays to this cauldron. She wears a hood. She's got a tumbler um, yeah, of yeah. the moon across her the forehead. The moon phases. <laughs> I know. I was, like, when I was Fringe. reading, I was, like, 2014 Tumblr would have gone feral for that tattoo. Like, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> no, literally. And yeah, so she's like, we're having sex, but we're not talking. No mating bond has like clicked between us. And he's locked me out of all of Perithian politics. There is an important part when they're having sex, uh, which is like funny because this is like what interrupts it. But she asks after the wedding what will people call me he goes like um (laughs) (laughs) like pharah and she's like oh because like high lady like isn't (laughs) appropriate or whatever and he's like there's no high ladies people will call you lady of spring court and she's like hmm like interesting that feminism is dead still yeah in (laughs) Peruvian yeah (laughs) which like is annoying um for sure for her but yeah so she's hating all of this attention there's like all these celebrations leading up to the wedding she doesn't want to talk to people she doesn't like chit chat she is so concerned that other people know her from under the mountain and will bring up like she meets these two um sentinels brawn and heart and they're like oh my god it was so badass what you did with the the bone and the worm and stuff like that and she's like okay i we're at like a party and you just brought up my like deepest fear and trauma 
Like, hello? Yeah, Farrah's not responding to celebrity very well. (laughs) No, whereas, like, we would have been working the room. Like, like, she's like... I'll write... Actually, she can't have a book deal. She's still illiterate. (laughs) Yeah. Who can't read and write, unfortunately. Literally. Yeah, she just hates all of this, like, garbage stuff, which she hated in the mortal world, too. So, like, this is just, you know, checking all the boxes. She is who she is. She puts on the wedding dress that Ianthe picked out to her. She hates it. It's like this big froth, but she's like, I'm just going to go along with everything because it'll be fine once it's yeah, over. That's yeah, what she like, keeps thinking to herself. Again, we'll just get through the, yeah, get through the motions and like one day it will be better. The wedding arrives and like Alice, you know, does her up. She's like walking down the stairs. She's starting to feel bad. The vibes are off and she's like, oh my God, I feel so guilty that like I'm about to marry the love of my life and I feel like empty inside. <laughs> she She's like triggered by these like red rose petals that are scattered on the floor looking like blood. Yep. And she starts to say in her head, like, help me, like, help me, help me, help me. And she's like screaming in her head and she stops walking down the aisle and and Ianthe and Tamlin, who are sitting on the dining. Just a little further. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hi. He, like, reaches his hand out. And she, like, doesn't take it. Also, I thought that um, it was Days. It's <laughs> Dias. The Dias. He's, like, standing the up dais. on the dais. Yeah, yeah. I read it as Dace in every well, single book we, I've ever we, read. We learn new things every time. <laughs> literally audiobooks literally are saving my life anyway so she is begging in her head Tamla reaches out to her she doesn't reach back for drama his hand thunder cracks and resand arrives hello Feyre darling iconic do you give him a little bit of like an English accent in your head I don't know maybe I actually there's like this one guy on TikTok I mean, any man with a deep voice on TikTok, like book talk girlies, have flooded their comments being like, say hello, favorite darling. So there's and one the- guy who I think is slightly British, and like that's the voice in my head for that yeah. line. Although I don't really think of him as having like a super deep voice. But also, like, girlies stand up. We, we can't be doing this on TikTok. Uh-huh. Like, Do you know, I- sorry, as an aside, we, we need to talk about this. Like, any guy on TikTok who, like, has a deep voice who's doing that and then gets, like, by the book talk girlies are, like, now have deals with Quinn. Yeah, okay, you know I'm Good on for them. Quinn TikTok. Good for yes. them. I, I don't even, I didn't, I knew, I knew, I know what it is. I've, like, listened to a story before on, like, a free trial. Um, and I have friends who like it. And then it's just everywhere because it's, like, the Quinn headphones and stuff. But it's really funny because through me on Akatar TikTok, have I seen this? And then all of these guys come over to Quinn and I'm like, why am I acquainted with how many of these male influencers that I'm like, oh, I know him. And now he's on Quinn. <laughs> Anyways, no, seriously. Is, of, is, a, is a big one that people get requested to say because we're, I mean, even if at this point you're like, I want Tamlin and Sarah to work out. They've obviously got a lot of stuff going on. There's some weird stuff going on. We're looking for a little bit of spice. We're looking for a little bit of action. And we were wondering What's going on? He hasn't talked to her for three months, but she's like supposed to go to see him once a week, every month. Totally. So he's like, hey, I'm here to call in my bargain. And Tamlin's like so fucking mad, obviously. And he's like, Reese, go away. Like, I'll do anything. Like, <laughs> like you can't take Feyre. 
truly I'll like give you anything you want and he's like but I won't accept anything and so he's like hold on and like scoops her and winnows her away to the night court which like okay love that there's something about Reese like taking no shit from Tamlin that it's a little sexy yeah well yeah he just like comes in with his like whatever he's like up until this point right he's still got that bad boy persona they winnow away they like magically apparate to what you know favorite is come to think of as the night court and not sure if you got this oh no probably not she gets there and she is sees the moonstone palace she just sees like like they're in the snow they're in the they're at the top palace at like the top of a snowy mountain and there's like really no one around but it's like really beautiful and open she was expecting there to be these like terrors of like what it was like under the mountain and it's like beautiful open space and like pillars of marble and like it's warm even though they're like in the mountains and there's all this magic and she says it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen and when she first sees Reason before she knows who he is he goes he was the most beautiful man I'd ever seen did you catch that that she said yes, it was the most beautiful I place? Did. And, and I was like oh we've got some parallels going on the writing is on the wall absolutely night court is like nothing like she imagined at all and yeah they winnow into a place he like takes off her gloves because she had hiding the tattoo and she and he's like why haven't you saved me for or thanked me for saving you and she's like I didn't ask you to do this and he's like no I can hear you down the bond between us and she's like what's that because she's (laughs) dumb as fuck like this is the part where I'm like (sighs) I'm like (laughs) Feyre I know I'm like Feyre the tattoo the eye he already talked in her mind in the first one too so why doesn't she know that but the music under the magic like everything like it all makes so much sense but she's like I guess she's traumatized and isn't thinking straight but like it's so frustrating he's like She's like, oh my God, like, why were you, like, intruding on my thoughts? And he's like, no, I wasn't. But if, if like, I didn't hear anything, I, like, literally thought you were dead. So I would, like, check in on you. And so he kind of knows what's been going on with Spring, at Spring Court with Tamlin um, not letting her go anywhere. And I am the, like, fussing about their wedding and, like, court yeah, politics. He's, he's, like, concerned about her. And even though she's annoyed, she's like, get out of my head or whatever. And he's like, yeah, why don't you, why don't we actually, like, why don't we teach you and figure out how you can shield it so that, like, when you're throwing up all night that you're not screaming it. Like, I can't sleep either when you're, like, up and I hear you're, like, you know, we're kind of still, like, he's kind of still, we're like, does he care? Or is he just trying to get this so that, you know, he's not annoyed by her waking him up? But I have a note here of how, like, already we're simping over him because he's like you've lost weight this is not good like you should eat some food and it's like every girly just wants that every girly wants somebody to be like you've lost weight and I'm concerned about you like not like you lost weight you look great like he's noticing he's noticing some things and then actually the things that are like that she is experiencing trauma from and he's responding to them in like a way that we see that Tamlin's not responding to and so we're just like at least somebody knows what's going on but she still hates him and he stole her away on her wedding day she chucks a little shoe at his head yeah 
which is like so funny and yeah she's pissed but she's like oh he's like noticing that I'm like unwell when no one else is like not even Mm -hmm. my quote-unquote friends at night court or spring court and she goes into her room and it's like beautiful all of the windows are like open and Reese's power like heats the house and there's a bath that looks like an infinity pool that like goes out there it's a spa spa dream I'm like we're the spa girlies let's go no I know I will say that about SJM that her like depictions and her like the way that she envisions night court and summer court and spring court and stuff like that stunning Mm -hmm. you can really see it and feel it there are like a lot of descriptions just of how a house looks or feels or sometimes geographically if she's describing things like the mountain over there and the river over there I'm like I can't see it but I'm mentally there with you because my brain can't put those things together but yes and so now she's at the night court for a week and she's like take me back and he's like no like you're here and and baby girl let's teach you how to read oh my god yeah I know so she's like you're illiterate (laughs) and you almost died and you still haven't figured that one out we're gonna teach you how to read so it's like nothing very bad is happening and we are all worried and nothing really bad is happening yeah like she thinks she's gonna be locked into a cell and she's in like this beautiful room which is like so classic fantasy novel but she's like what do you want from me during this week and he's like he's like nothing you should like rest and eat and like relax and like maybe sort through some of the trauma um well yeah he's like you gotta practice like your mental shields like I'm gonna give you exercises to practice and he's not being that like he's not like oh I'm really worried about you and stuff he's just like okay you're doing this today like you're gonna learn how to read you're gonna learn how to write um and you're gonna like read about how I'm I'm beautiful yeah that is like so cheeky which is like sometimes I the first time I read it I was like I hate this because he's so like arrogant and stuff like that but then I learned that he uses so basically what happens is that he's like fair you have to learn how to read can you read this simple sentence and he writes like resend is the most beautiful high lord or like recent is the smartest high lord like things like that and she obviously gets mad it's like oh my god you're so arrogant you're such a prick like stuff like that but it's not because he's arrogant per se it's like he is trying to stoke feeling in her like Mm -hmm. stoke anger or stoke annoyance or like anything because right now she's like an empty shell of a human being yeah I think he like can get a rise out of her when they're like it's like funny it's like yeah, he's getting a rise out of her. It's flirting. He, like, writes something about how she looks, like, absolutely delicious today or something. Fairy, like, absolutely delicious. And you're just like, all right, like, you're annoyed, Feyre, but I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. So he writes, you look absolutely delicious today, Feyre. And then, so she finally, like, reads that out because she, like, struggles, which is, like, also, it's, like, wouldn't you start with, like, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy like something like that like this is just pretty pretty quick listen yeah hand waving away she she picks it up totally and he goes it's true isn't it and she goes stop that and he goes the fashion of the night court suits you because they all have like different 
attire and stuff like that. And I pictured in my head the way that she describes it. It's kind of like what Jasmine wore in Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. Like billowing pants and like crop tops and stuff like that. Like super cute. For it. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah, which is, like, better than, like, the stifling dresses at Spring Court. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you have to learn how to read because you're going to be a High Lord's wife. And and she's, like, confused because Tamlin has never said this to her before and has, like, never encouraged her to read. So he's like, I want you to learn how to put your shields up so I can't enter your mind. I want you to learn how to read and I want you to test your other powers and she's like, what other powers? And he's like, well, have you tried it? Like, tried anything? And she's like, no. And she starts to think, like, why isn't Tamlin and Lucian trying to test to see if I have other powers? Because remember, the seven High Lords gave me something, like a little seed mm-hmm. of power. And she might have something that is useful. Mm-hmm. Do you think when you... Do you remember what you wanted to happen? Like, I was, when she got there, like, I was waiting for, like, some, like, naughty Court of Nightmares stuff. Like, obviously, she's going through, I'm a bad boy, girly through and through. So I was just like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, literally, I was like, where's the sexy parties and, like, stuff like that. And she's, like, just learning how to read. (laughs) Obviously, we're getting into, meeting you know, his the cousin, slow, like, the slow yeah. Burn. but yeah, and I think yeah. uh, I think then the other big part, right, of the first week that she's there is we get a little bit more of the lore and a little bit more of like why he actually brought her there, and he's like trying to get her to learn to read and do her mental shields and maybe practice because he's like, I want you as an ally because war is coming. And she's like, you're going to go to war with Tamlin and freak out. And she's freaking out. And he's like, no, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Just chill for a second. Highburn, who was the, we learned briefly about it in the first book. Amarantha was like um, a crony of the king of Highburn. Highburn is actually going to come. We think he's readying to like get all the mortal lands again. And there's going to be a war. And I'd like you to be my ally, actually. And you probably have a good ear like with Tamlin because me and Tamlin are enemies and I think it would also be helpful if I had his help and he kind of starts letting her in on all of this stuff and she's like oh okay she's like shit because he says Amarantha was just a 49 year test this is gonna be way worse and she's like I can't do way worse at this point the king of Highburn wants to seize Perithian which uh, has the wall to the mortal realm. So they, he needs to seize Perithian to access all of the mortal lands. Uh, she, He is like, I think you have talents. Like, you can catch a cereal. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that. So he's like, I think your, like, hunting skills and stuff like that would be useful. And he says, you can choose, you can be like work with us and learn and hone your powers and play a role in this war that's inevitable, or you can be a pawn, which is what insinuating that that's what Tamlin is doing to her. And this was another part that I didn't get at the start of the book, but I guess it's just, this is how 
life would work. But, like, then he leaves her for the rest of the week, and she just reads and learns, like, her alphabet and practices her shields and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, where, like, where's the everyday banter? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think you're just, yeah, and I, yeah, I agree. And and I'm like, okay, something's happening here, but I'm, like, invested. I know it's going to happen, but she has to go back to the court. And I think the other, the only other person that's interesting that we meet at this point is his cousin, Moore, who is a, who briefly comes in and is, like, pleasant and friendly and, like, kind of makes fun of recent um, in front of Feyre, and Pharaoh's like, oh, okay, like here he is kind of being a little bit more lighthearted talking to somebody else. Um, and I think that there's like, yeah, there's this funny line where Moore is like, so that went well because Pharaoh can overhear. She like leaves after she's met them and there's like a little bit of bickering and she and Pharaoh's like, oh, what are they talking about? And it kind of sounds like Moore's teasing recent and so there's like so it's interesting we like meet somebody else from the night court she tries to say something and maybe more about more information about the night court and recent like cuts her off so there's like some secrecy still around the night court and we also find out that the under the mountain the um what was modeled like the court of nightmares like the bad place that everyone thinks about for the night court is under the mountain where she's at the top like she's in the Moonstone yeah. Palace at the top of the mountain and under the mountain, it like in the mountain, I guess, is the Court of Nightmares where it is actually bad. Um, and what we think of when we think of the Night Court, but he says, you'll be safe here. Like you don't have to go there. Like, and she was worried about that she was going to have to go there. And then the week is up. Yeah, you're right that there's two main cities in the Night Court, Valeris and Hewn City. And Hewn City is under a mountain and is what Amarantha based it off right, of. And then there's City. Valeris, which is like a bustling, like But we don't know. We, like town. she doesn't, she doesn't we don't know. know that Nobody yet. knows about Valeris. Nobody knows about Valeris. So another piece is that Moore tells him that someone attacked a temple where the high priestesses live in a neighboring town. And that's the part that he's like, we can't talk about this here. So she goes back to Spring Court and uh, immediately gets interrogated by Tamlin and Lucian. Like, he asks if she's okay, but, like, it seems kind of empty when he's asking her, like, quickly to move on to, like, the interrogation. And so she has to tell all of the details and all the conversations, like, multiple times to Lucian and Tamlin so they can like glean any information that will help them. Why? I like it's annoying. Like let her be. Like like check in on her and stop. Like it's it's like it's like a little heavy handed. There's not very much nuance at this part of the book. I mean I get it, but we are like, wow, I really hate them. And this is one of my gripes and grumbles is just how quickly from book one where we like are supposed to love Hamlin and and that they're good and that they're in love with each other and actually that Feyre and Lucian were like friends and they kind of went through this stuff and now it is truly just like you can't go anybody we're gonna like interrogate you you back we aren't you happy to see her like aren't you like weren't you totally that that was one of my gripes too and that's one of the reasons I didn't want to start this book is because I knew I that it, like, quickly he becomes, like, evil. Yeah. And we do get this, like, thought later on in the book that she's, like, Tamlin, it was what it was. He loved me in the way that he thought, or, like, he could, 
or thought I needed. Well, I was and... a human. Like, I was just this human girl who, like, did need and was, like, coming from poverty. And so I did just need to be, like, taken care of. And, you But know, she's changed. She's badass and, now. Yeah. And she doesn't need that anymore. But, yeah, it's, it's laying it, like, a little bit thick when he was, like, so generous, so kind and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden he's just, like, a dick. For example, the next week is Tithe. Is it Tithe? I always thought it was Teeth. You had the audio. Oh, yeah. Box. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Tithe. I think it's Tithe. I literally did the audiobook and I don't, I literally cannot remember. But, anyways, so Tithe happens, which is where this is very Outlander, I want to say, because there's actually like, I think a lot of Outlander references in this book that I didn't notice before, too, because. We have their relationship with Tamlin and Feyre that is kind of like Frank and Claire. And then we have Jamie and Feyre, which is kind of like Reese and Feyre. And then this part too, because the clans in Scotland go around to collect taxes, which is what Tamlin does too. My note is just, so now we're introducing an economic system of taxes. (laughs) Except if you don't pay, you get killed. Yeah, um, literally. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, and it it literally. I think I don't know who's explaining. Lucian is explaining it to Feyre, and is like, and I am the the high priestess, like grants um, special killing rights, basically to, to hunting rights to Tamlin. Should nobody come and pay their taxes within three days, and and we need order, and we need whatever, and I am just like, okay. <laughs> that's my my okay moment of the of the first bit is sure I guess we can introduce <laughs> <laughs> totally because I was like oh so like the taxes like make the city better or whatever and it was like no it just pays for the state to run and I was like okay monarchy <laughs> like, funny, he literally like pays for our centuries and our food and stuff <laughs> I was like so you can live in like five-star accommodations where your city was like very simple and currently ruined from Amarantha so it's just so funny that again it's like laying it on thick that these aren't the like you know handsome warriors that we had come to know in the first book and so Feyre has to be a part of this she thinks I was gonna say Reese Tamlin is being too harsh because if people can't pay it He's like, you have three days to come up with the money or at the next tithe, you owe us double. And then it's basically like, we'll kill you. And <laughs> and so Feyre's like, okay, I have all this like dumb necklaces and crowns and bracelets and jewelry and stuff like that. So a water wraith comes up to her, comes up to them and is like, I can't pay. And he's like, blah, 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 double or nothing. And then she's like, I need fresh air. And then she goes to the wraith and gives her all of her jewelry and is like, go buy food and fill your lakes with fishes so you can eat and pay the tithe. And Tamlin's so mad at her for doing this because it undermines him. And she explains that like she would hope that someone would do that for her sister's who are probably going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when she gets mad at him for doing this, she starts to burn the table and she accidentally slips into Lucian's mind. So she starts to finally realize that she has other powers outside of yeah. just like strength and is like, oh my God, Reese was right. Like 
other things are mm-hmm. happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she feels really bad for slipping into Lucian's mind. But they don't know. They or don't he know. Doesn't, he doesn't know that she was able to slip into her mind. Yeah, there's like, I know. It's like the, the power is like simmering in her and we are getting, I'm like, what's going to happen? Totally. So she goes to apologize no, she goes First. to see Tamlin. He apologizes. He gives her a painting kit uh, so she can paint outside. And she's like, read the fucking room. I haven't painted in months. I'm traumatized. Yeah, like I can't paint. Yeah, we know Vera loves to paint. But she there's all these things where also trauma, like things that she used to love. She just like doesn't love. She like can't think of painting. She sees like these images of the fa- of the fairies that she killed in her brain all the time. Yeah. And yeah, that's so funny. Read the fucking room. And he, so he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And she finally, she finally says like, I can't really do this anymore. And she makes a physical shield around herself because she's so upset that she like causes like a tornado to happen. And there's like debris like flying around the room. He can't get into the physical shield. Like he tries to approach her. No, wait, I don't think she just makes a shield because she is going around. Doesn't he lose his shit and to protect herself? I'm no, to you're right. I no, you're him. you're totally right. It's like abuse. Like he he's like read the fucking. No, room you're right. And he's just you're like, right. Ah. You're totally right. He causes the debris of the office to to like fly around like a tornado, and she creates an impenetrable shield another power that she has and he tries to get into it to be like and I'm he so can't sorry. so yeah he makes like the paint explode everywhere and then he because he would have hurt her and she puts up a shield and he like is like he's like let me in i'm sorry i'm really sorry <laughs> now we're really like anti we're like what the hell yeah like this is bad this is really bad so like he's busy with work stuff and she kind of gets a reprieve from the guards. She's practicing her reading. She's doing her shields, blah, blah, blah. But she is still fucking depressed. She's like sleeping into noon. And it's so annoying seeing a depressed person in a book. And no depression girly and no one saying anything like you're fiance is sleeping in like missing breakfast and barely catching lunch. And you're just like. Doing nothing. Like a mental health first aid course. <laughs> yeah. In the spring court, everybody needs a little mental health first aid. Yeah, literally having a mentee be and and we need some help. Totally, but thank God Reese comes and winnows them to night court. <laughs> he's come back for her like sec- it's like the next month, right? And he's come back for the second week, and he's just like I think he's like livid because he also yeah she's really depressed. She just like has no, no steam left, and she's like lost more weight, and they're obviously not doing well. And he's like, and, I gotta get you out of here. Yeah, and he's like the one week with me get like the progress we make with your like health and stuff like that just gets diminished every time you go back to spring court. And she's so tired at this point. She doesn't even fight that he takes her and like winnows her. He just is, she like just accepts it. And he's like, what happened while you were gone? And she's like, nothing, nothing. And he's like, I felt you feel fear for the first time down the bond. And he was like scared for her safety. 
He's being a bit of a gossip, though. He's like, what happened? And she's like, that's my relationship. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, we know that he's just trying to because he's worried about her, but it's really funny. She's just like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, that's between me and my um, abusive fiance, actually. <laughs> he's like, is the wedding still on? She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you hate this man. Like, yeah. So she's like, I don't want to work with you. Like, I thought it through. I just... I don't want to do that because she thinks, a la Tamlin, that he wants to work with her just to get Tamlin angry. Which is what he did under, which is what we think he did under the mountain, right? Like, did all that stuff to her to, like, get Tamlin angry. Even though we know it also was to get rid of Amarantha, but, yeah. And it's just, like, another week, basically. Like, she's depression yeah. but I think it's just, like, another, it's, like, yet again, we're, like, thirsty for something to happen um but it's just yeah another week of reading and and she's like improved on her reading and writing and he's he's impressed by that because he he's like wow you can like read and write perfectly i can't enter your mind like you're really doing well yeah he gets her to write the recent is the best lover a female could ever dream of and she like but she reads it all with like nothing because she's so depressed like and and we're all just like oh you're down bad yeah and he's like I'm trying to crack a smile I'm trying to get you to hurl an insult at me like I I want things to go back to like our kind of old relationship and you to be your like old person and she just like can't do that the week passes she goes back to spring court she gets interrogated the guards are back because of the incident that happened prior and she's not allowed to leave the house at all Tamlin and Lucian leave for eight days and she's like so upset that she is in the house stuck obviously there's a point where when he comes back they they come back Lucian scares her and she gets claws and he notices he just like explains to her like we're so scared that another like high lord or whatever will steal you and we just like can't have that happen she's depresso and they go to leave again and she's like I have to come with you he's like no because of danger and and she's like no like she's like begging at this point like it's like it's really sad like you don't want to see someone like begging to like do something she's like take me out with you like you need to like I cannot stay in this house anymore like I am hello I am exhibiting all of the signs that are not good and um the ultimate this is so bad he traps her with an invisible wall around the state. Yeah, she goes to the window, she goes to the the door, and she can't get out. And Lucian is like, I'll It's talk for to your him. own good. Yeah. She's like, I'll talk to him. You can like kind of tell that he knows that it's like not good. And she like loses it. She like, fl- understandably, she like flips out darkness and fire and and fire and all maybe all of her powers are coming together her like wedding ring like melts Melts off off. finger because like her uh her not her wedding ring her engagement ring yeah and she's freaking out and um more comes yeah so she feels two hands on her it's more she takes her and they like winnow to another place where Reese is and Reese explains like because she's like oh my god I was just like stolen and he's like no we like followed all the rules like don't worry (laughs) yeah we follow the intricate rules of like how to enter the spring court and get you so that like you're not being stolen away we're just we've saved you yeah so like people can't 
Yeah, like come get you and stuff like that. And she's like, okay, so I defo have powers. Like you were right. And he's like, yeah, you got the darkness from me and the shield of wind from Daycourt. And he's like, I have to go do High Lord business. You can stay here as long as you need. I'll take you back if you want to the spring court. This like isn't part of your deal, but like I just need you to get out of there. And she's like, can I come with you? And he's like, you can, but you cannot tell anyone what we're about to do and she's like okay i know secret she's like she just can't be alone she just like does it she's like i just like absolutely can't be alone like it doesn't even matter if you're taking me to the court the human city to the court of nightmares to wherever like i can't be alone i can't think about that anymore and we're just like yes like let's get some action in here and so she agrees to not share because it's a secret like whatever is happening yeah it's the first time she's like kind of not agreeing to what Tamlin and Lucian want. And mm-hmm. sh- and finally, she's like kind of working with Reese. And they go to Valaris, which I think I was just calling Valaris. <laughs> Valaris, Valaris, whatever. It's, Val- yeah, again, in the audiobook, it's Valaris. But like, man, these names, like I just cannot keep up. Ugh. And Valaris is the city of Starlight. I'm so sick. This is a grape and grumble for sure. But like, I'm so sick of Sarah J. Mass calling everything like the city of starlight, the city of the house of wind, the court of <laughs> night. Like, it's just so there's fucking a name for everything. No, there's like 10 names. Like <laughs> once we get to like the the layout of Valaris, it's like, and then there's the market that's actually called like the Palace of Hoof well, and Leaf. <laughs> yeah, the, the city is like, it is like, that's the painter's quarter. That's the rainbow. That's the Hoof and Leaf where there's the market. This is the, whatever, the jewels, the Palace of Jewels. And you, if you ever try to read crescent city which any any um sarah j mass like universe fan will know it's really funny but it's this times ten thousand of names for different things and there's also short forms like for instead of like valerius it would be like vl like they were like the people in the town just call it val or val (laughs) and so there's different names there's about six different names for each different section of a city and the city's like 10 times bigger in this other series and so she i can't do it she loves she loves the multiple names for things she does which we'll get to in our internet investigation because i have some fun funny things to share but like my god it's so fucking annoying and like that's the part that i'm like but this is the part about fantasy where it's like, I'm like, okay, I get it. It's the palace of thread and jewels. But then I'm like, what about if that's the like center of like, or that's where she finds the like, true like, I don't know. You just, you never know if this like random ass thing is going to be like the key to like. That it's like the key to something. Yes, there is definitely all of these. Yeah, I can't remember everything but i did have a chuckle at the hoof i like didn't know that one but the hoof and leap like whatever it's like you could just call that part the market like and over literally there, <laughs> like there's a market and some of it is jewels and clothing and some of it is food like that's, that's all, that all i need my head like head empty when it was like because there's also a river the sidra that comes through and it's like it and and there's you know five different theaters because it's like a city of art and music 
Anyways, we're excited because for <laughs> what is important here, one of the big like plot things is that um, in in Prithian and with all of the wreckage and ruin that Amarantha has done for 49 years, there are no cities that anybody knows of. There are no people that live in peace like this. There aren't arts and culture and all of this stuff. And Valeris, or Valaris has existed and it has been a secret for like, I don't know, 5,000 years or something, like some really long amount of time that Reese is like my family and my family's family and the High Lords all like made sacrifices to keep this a secret. The Hewn City, which is the Court of Nightmares, which is underneath that mountain, that's what people are like aware of. That's my persona. That's my whole thing. That's what everybody else knows of me. And it's all because I've protected this. Again, why does Hewn City need two names? <laughs> like, the court it's... Of, well, because also Valaris is the Court of Dreams, right? Like, yeah. That's the other, yeah. Like, yeah. No, there's... or the Court of Starlight, I wrote down. No, the ci- no, Jesus Christ. Valaris is the city of starlight and the court of dreams. dreams. Like actually fucking murder me. And his uh, his second house in Valaris, the house of wind. But also he has a third house that's just a townhouse. Yeah, okay. So he they winnow into Valaris and it's like into his townhouse that he like resides in. And it's like homey and she's like oh, this is, like, nice because I've, like, never had a true home. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know if this is a Canadian thing or not about, like, what I picture as a townhouse or a townhome or where she's pulling this from, but did you not picture townhomes to me are, like, houses that are all joined together in a row, and I don't think that this is a town... I don't think that this house, his townhouse, is, like, uh, joined with other townhouses. It's just a standalone, but they call it the townhouse. Yeah, and for some reason, I pictured it as, like, an apartment because they're, like, downtown. Oh, you pictured it as an apartment? Yeah. That's so funny. No, it has, like, a lawn and stuff. Like, it has, no, like, a little area. No, totally. It has, like, I, a, a patio and a rooftop thing. But, like, I just pictured it as kind of, like, a like a apartment because she keeps being, like, it's so weird that a high lord would want to live in, like, a tiny... Yeah, place where you could have like a huge estate, which he does. He has other oh places. Oh my gosh! And yeah, the has- house of wind. It's like, oh, he. he it's so funny because I think we're supposed to be so enamored that he's like down to earth and has this cozy thing. Sorry, he has like sixty different homes. Yeah. <laughs> point. Yeah. I guess why not throw another little one? That's not even including. There's more that we have not even discovered yet. Other houses that he has. Literally. They winnow into this townhouse. She's like, who says this? He's like, it's mine. It's our family's. And she hears two men with wings outside and they're arguing. Because I pictured them standing in the hallway of a condo. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess they're outside on the street. Speaking, I have to give a shout out to my friend, a coworker who was reading this um, recently and who I have a formal apology for because she told me she was a quarter of the way through. And I said, yeah, I can't wait for favorites to dump Tamlin's ass. And she was like, sorry, what? I thought that she had said she was like halfway through. And so I spoiled her. This is really bad. But we were chatting about who do we who do you picture in your head? Because obviously there's lots of fan art and there's lots of stuff if you do go on TikTok. But before that, there was, you know, you would have just had to picture something. She goes... I picture recent as that guy from Twilight. And I was like, which which guy from Twilight? Take a wild guess. 
Who's she pictured? Arrow. <laughs> Michael Keane's arrow from the Volturi was in her head and she said, the noise. <laughs> Signified noise that left my body and soul. It was like so hot to me. And then she was like, or like this. And then I think she sent a picture of who's Miley Cyrus's brother? Like Trace? Trace Cyrus? Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. I told, I said that I had to give her a shout out as we're talking about things that you picture. Sorry for the aside. That's really funny no, that you were just I'm... like they're sitting in a they're standing in the hallway waiting in a condo. I have the picture. They're like standing outside. There's like an antechamber, I think, with like wa- like last window Glass, or whatever, and they're yeah. waiting. And Reese is like, if you want, I know you're depresso and like you need to rest. If you want to just go upstairs and like not worry about it, like these are basically my boys coming in and they are gonna like have questions and do a lot. The way that I'm so feral, like every other girly about the fat boys. Please let's talk about them. Like or whatever. No, like however, I physically can't. Like I Because you're also hot for them. Like give me Yeah. The no, this is just like the funniest thing about like romance novels, fantasy novels, whatever. Like it's so fucking funny about like when it's just like and then the hottest people I've ever met and they're all best friends. And like it, like it's just so fucking funny. It reminds me of the Cullens walking into the cafeteria and and Bella's like, who are those hotties? Because like they're the only hot people in this high school. No, I'm fucking feral. Why do they have they have it kind of like I think of like Maori tattoos, like the black. Yeah, that's what I picture too. And yeah, Cass- so it's Cassian, Asriel, and Amran. Did I pronounce all those right? According yeah. to the, the audiobook, the audiobook. So they're there, and I don't think that she's really like she hears them just like chatting a little bit, but she does decide. Feyre does decide to go upstairs and like not worry about it, and we're just like stay downstairs. We want to know what this, what's kind of going on. And Reese had referenced them earlier once briefly when she was visiting on one of the earlier weeks of like Cassian and Asriel. They were like looking into what had happened at the temple that had gotten ransacked or whatever and some of this like mysterious stuff happening. Yeah, these like giant hulking tall male people with wings are in the hallway and of course everybody on uh, in Valaris is on hot juice as drinking like it's so fucking funny to me so they're illyrian so they have wings and reese is half a half illyrian so he has wings that can like come and go why yeah like why does he have to have the hottest friends that are like respectful of women (laughs) yeah there's the feminism i want to like read what we find out about them like their what their description of how they look is well do we get their descriptions because Feywer doesn't meet them no not point. until a little bit later so you keep going and then i'll find where the descriptions are okay so Feywer goes to bed she realizes reese's servants from utm are there and please say their names because i know i didn't i i'm sorry ladies i'm sorry i wrote down everyone every single person's names except for yours i'm so sorry it's i just i can't i like i think it's i think it's Nuwala, but i don't know the proper and then i always say sarah (laughs) (laughs) no is it caridwin i don't know i it's like it's really funny to me but I was really looking forward to it okay no I know I'm sorry I just like I was like I can't I can't I can't do this but yeah they're there they like help her into bed 
Um, and they explained that the people that showed up at their door are Reese's inner circle. And Farah's like, oh, what? Like, I didn't know High Lords, like, even had inner circles. So she's just learning a lot. Mm-hmm. She also, this is the point where she learns that Valaris is, has survived Amarantha's attack because Reese shielded it and no one knows where it is. So she wakes up, the group's gone, and her and Reese walk through Valaris, and she's, like, so thrilled because... She, like, hasn't basically had, like, a normal day just, like, walking around a city, even when she was in the mortal lands. He explains that he has a second house in the city, and it's in the middle peak of a mountain, and it's called House of Wind. If we're not already getting attracted, this man's got money. No, like, no, literally. Okay, that, yeah, that's the other thing about romance novels. It's like, they're not only hot, they're not only they respect women, they'll make the girl come first. Also, they're fucking rich. (laughs) No, I was like, what more could you want? Like, seriously. So he is showing her these beautiful tea shops, jewelry shops, blah, blah, blah. And she's getting mad at him because she's like why didn't you shield other places from amarantha like you could have saved more and stuff like that and i was like you dumb fucking bitch like this is the part that i hate so much i'm like do you think he wouldn't have done that if he could have and like how draining that is for him and how he like because he was shielding a whole entire city he had no power to fight off amarantha's like evilness like i just it's so tough i'm like Girl, you're smart, but, like, so dumb at the same time. Well, she would do anything for her sisters and was, like, doing all that stuff for Tamlin and was, like, and, like, killed two fairies, sorry, like, in cold blood to, like, help save this. But she's, like, oh, yeah, you couldn't. She's just getting angry. She's thinking about all the people that were there. And then, but he kind of snaps back at her. And he's just, like, well, I actually had to do a lot for this. And, like, this city has has been around for much longer than you so can you just like chill these people do yeah. not deserve your like up being upset at them and I do say I have to like like I have to give it up to Reese for being not just being like are you fucking kidding me like not only have I like saved you from an abusive fiance but like Funny um now you're questioning this but he like just lets it roll off his back he uh describes Azriel, who is his spy master Amran, who is his second in command uh Cassian who is like the war lord out of all of his armies armies and then more who is his third and hey so he goes and buys a brooch for Amran and he's like she's not high fae but she likes shiny things and she's like jelly I'm jelly there's a flicker of something in her that she's like oh likewise who is he buying this for funny I have a moment that to share that's like this little slight moment from just before this that really did it for me like a lot of the stuff is very like silly romance stuff and which we love and a lot of it is like pretty heavy-handed and it's stuff but there's a line where he's kind of before they go into all the threat of palace and jewels and husband <laughs> leaves and she is out of her she gets Nuala and Peridwin I'm just gonna go with I'm just gonna go for these two little those two little like half fairies that help get her dressed dress yeah. her up in like it's like kind of winter out and then they dress her up in like brown pants and a sweater and like this really nice jacket and these little flats like a cute description of an outfit but Mm. it's like pretty simple and if Reese takes a look at her and he says 
those two certainly like to fuss. Speaking of those two girls, and it's kind of a it. N- nobody really says anything else about it, but he's thinking that because he. It's just like a throwaway comment, but it's like you know because you're reading and you're like he's gooped because he is so like <laughs> like and so I just really love that. I really love that. Like just this little certain throwaway comment and I'm yes he's falling too no he's obsessed with her and like that's like the best part of this I love when it's like the MMC follows first but like there's so many times in the book before stuff happens that he is like oh you look like a woman or like nice dress or like stuff like that that is like it's because he's like in awe of her beauty but because he can't let any of that show he says like these like very like flippant comments so she like doesn't notice but it's like he notices like everything about her (laughs) yeah it's really yeah yeah it's like the slow burn it's very it's very slow burn and we're from Feyre's point of view and so she obviously does think of these things as flippant and that's what's really rewarding on the reread too is actually noticing some of these little comments and stuff because there is some of the stuff isn't as heavy-handed and it's quite fun to catch it on the reread if you're, I mean, I'm an obvious girl. I don't usually notice things that I'm not supposed to until whenever there's a twist, I'm always like, what? Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> so, so like, I have friends who like get it and they're like, oh, I knew that was going to happen from day one. And I'm like, I didn't know that in my head. I didn't no, know anything. Same. But it's, same. I've read this so many times, it's hard for me to remember what I did and didn't know. But there was, somebody. anyways, he does describe the inner circle and all of that all of that stuff. And they go and he buys the brooch and she's a little, maybe jealous, maybe something. He like wants to get it for Amran. But I think, doesn't she make a comment? Maybe I don't know if it's here or later where she's just like something about, oh, are you not with her? Like with yes, Cameron? That's... Is it here? No, it's it's later oh, on. I, okay. I wrote that down, but as one of my cringiest moments, because the way that she words it, she's like, so you're not like together with Amran? And he like laughs in her face. And I was like, I would have jumped in the Sidra. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, yeah, once once when I was like young and foolish, I like tried to bed her and she laughed in my face, which is like yeah. char- which is like charming that so you know, charming. He got he got like rejected by Amran. Who anyways, okay, keep going. I'm like I'm thirsty to get No, I know, I know, I know to the inner circle. I know. So there's one more critical moment that happens before they go up to the house of wind, and it's that she thinks about suicide and he hears that through the bond because she like shouts it down the bond and he's like don't and he's like (laughs) so mad that she wants to die Mm -hmm. and then he sees herself through Reese's eyes and she looks awful she's gaunt she's void of joy and she's like how can you do that like let how can I see other people through your point of view and He's like, it's the one of the powers that I gave you. It's called Daimoti. Okay. <laughs> D-A-E-M-O-T-I. I didn't know how you were going to say because I would say Daimati, Daimati in my head. I, don't know. I was like, yeah, There's whatever. like a when you're reading the fantasy books and there's the word, it goes. And I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. In the, in the house of Trimana, with the powers of the Daimoti. <laughs> In the house of leaf, like, or whatever. <laughs> the palace of hoof and leaf. 
So he takes he takes her up to the house of wind. And he flies her up, by the way, and she's like, "Don't ruin my hair and don't ruin my stuff," because he's like, "Well, it's it. The house is in the top of the mountains. You either walk ten thousand steps." And up. she's like, "I'd rather take the steps." I'm like, "I've gone up like lighthouses. <laughs> no, no, no. Literally, I I walked. I've walked up like say like the Notre Dame or something. That's like two hundred steps or lighthouses that are like two hundred steps and like." wanted to again jump off the side like literally so winded and she's like it's ten thousand steps and she's like i'd rather do that like it couldn't no, be me couldn't, <laughs> like, be, couldn't be me either so she yeah and or and you can't winnow there's all of these like special powers about what you can and can't do yeah because like, the house is to, guarded yeah but, like have to fly you up and she's just like okay and so they kind of have a little flirty thing and then he flies them up and then we're there because he's like, I want you to meet my inner circle before you decide to like work with us or not. And it's important to me that you like uh, make your own free choice after you meet them. And like, I don't want you to decide if you're helping me with like prep for this war. And like, we train your powers and all this stuff until you like know my people because they're really important to me. It's his friends. It's his friends. And he explains that his mom is Illyrian and his dad was high fae. That's how he got wings. He loves flying around and like stuff like that so she's learning more about his personality and his like upbringing and stuff like that so before she meets the friends they're standing in house of wind and they play this game called i'll tell you a thought if you tell me one right which actually this happens way too often in romance novels like i'll tell you what i'm thinking like this is moves so many plots i feel like along oh okay yeah 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 yeah, so I was like, of course you will. Because it's just like a, it's a way that people can share their real feelings without like being as vulnerable. But isn't that, that's also like a real, not, I don't want to say romance move or whatever, but like I've been on dates before where it's like, what are you thinking right now? That's like a move. Like that's like to get at what somebody's really feeling. I'm not mad about it. I'm here no, for it. I, I'm not mad at it per se. No, I totally get like it is like asking just like, what are you thinking? But it's used. I think it could be a trope or whatever, like a micro sure. trope or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you're right. OK, so they trade their thoughts, paying for your thoughts. Exactly. And Reese says, um, I'm enjoying tonight because I was, you know, under the mountain for 50 years. Wars looming. I might not get a night like this again. Feyre says like something really important. She says she was a fool in love and she didn't know anything about spring court and she feels like she was a lonely person who fell in love with the first person who gave her affection and he's like oh my god but like <laughs> I feel like in his head he's like oh my god like like this is actually like working like that she realizes that maybe that relationship wasn't like a forever type of thing so true if we're just getting down to the little bare bones of lots of feelings back and forth like, you're right. You're right. They do do this. It's a little trade of thought. And there is a little bit of vulnerability between them. And then he's like, let's go. Let's, let's go eat BFF. dinner. For, what about, not, talk about that for a first date. He's like, saved you, kidnapped you, but then saved you. Um, And it's like moving a little. You want now meet all my best, my best friends. The boys. And so they meet Cassian and Azrael, the warriors. They've got tan skin and muscles. And Cassian is jokey and... Asriel is quiet and he has scars all over him. Again, this is fucking Jasper and Emmett. Think about that. You never thought about that? That's like, I'm, 
upsetting to me because these are these guys are so much hotter to me than Emmy and, and Justin, so much cool. better but the reason why is because also we have the adaptation with Twilight and so I I like know what Jasper and Emmett look like and they're not doing it for me but like I, and so I hope that these these just stay can I just say Cassian comes in with a come on Feyre we don't fight unless you ask us to which is like such a like cheeky little opening line and Reese is just like the last I heard Cassian no one has ever, yeah, ever up on that offer like there's they have this really really great banter and it's like you actually immediately feel the friendship silly like kind of bond between all of them um like there are some comments like that I've got marked for later that they say about and to each other where I'm just like you've all known each other for so long you've all you all have the hots for each other let's be real in another world like you're all fairies and have gone this long and like you haven't figured out the concept of like polyamory yet like no you I know I'll be together if you I mean it's just funny to me I know that's not actually what happened but listeners if you let's talk fan fiction after this because no, in, my, in my perfect world there's a lot of fucking going on between a lot of them um, no it's so. so confusing how that's not happening and we notice when more arrives that Azriel checks her out yes. and then Amran arrives and like she's super nobody powerful. checks her out because everybody's a little scared of her scared of her because also Reese is like she's probably a being of not this world she's in a fey body but she's got like terrible power and she she just happens to be in my court so it works for me <laughs> <laughs> and Feyre's like oh that's where like that's where the brooch went <laughs> glad to meet the recipient and Amran notes that Feyre and her like she's not a mean person even though she's powerful she's like you know we were born of something different and now we've changed so she loves that they're having this like casual very familiar like fun family dinner we get Azriel's backstory about how he was in Illyrian camps that like clipped people's wings were like breeding warriors like really scary stuff um he had a good relationship with his mom but like a bad relationship with his dad Azriel. oh we're like getting into the backstory of our boy okay yeah 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 that's all we really hear that they the three of them met at war training camp reese's mom took Azriel in and cassian yeah so we like yeah see that he's like also a little traumatized and so then when she's hearing all of this she feels like she can tell them about her family's story and tell them about how she learned how to fight and hunt and stuff like that and she like really realizes that she has been brainwashed by Tamlin like that he has convinced her that she doesn't need to train and hone her powers and like all of these things so this is and this is so fucking cringy they're in the middle of dinner and she goes I accept your offer to Reese (laughs) (laughs) and they're like what and that because he didn't tell them that this was like a job interview right that they were gonna yeah yeah job interview that's really funny yeah and so he's like okay now that you're on our side let's explain like what we all know so he's like the king of hybron wants to resurrect jurian for this new war and if you remember, Jurian was the eye and the finger bone in Amaranth's yeah, ring because Jurian and Amaranth's little sister were together 
uh, during the mor- mortal versus Fae war, but he betrayed her. Yeah. And so they suggest going to the bone carver to ask how a dead person can be resurrected because, again, he's currently dead, eyeball on her finger, bone on her neck or whatever. Yeah, this stuff loses me. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and when are they going to have sex? (laughs) And let's forward to the sex part. Reese is like, Feyre and I will go. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's like immediately you need to like immediately we need to start. Yes, we need to do the processes because like shit's going down soon and we need to be prepared. And that night she has nightmares and Reese wakes her up and this is like so cute so she notices that her hands were flamed claws from the autumn court and she had like ripped up all her bedding she goes and she starts puking her guts out and reese pulls her hair back and rubs her back and teaches her how to get rid of the claws yeah we've got a little hurt comfort a little that immediately i read that i was like hurt comfort like and it's just so cute because it's exactly what, you know, Tamlin didn't do. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some, like, pretty, like, stark, um, oh, Tamlin didn't do this, but Reese did. But, yeah, I think that there's a lot going on. She's got these powers, and they need to figure it out. Yeah. So the next day, they go to this prison in the Western Isles. Again, I'm like, where the fuck is that? Don't <laughs> care. I'm not, I'm not, I always see those TikToks of those girls who pull out the maps at the beginning of books and they're like pouring over the map and it's just like, I Could just, me. yeah, flip, flip right past that. And it was built before Perithium. Amryn was once there as a prisoner and she's like, oh my fucking God, I actually can't go under another mountain. So he takes her home. And the next day, Amryn visits Feyre and she gives her an amulet. And she's like, if you wear this in the prison, you will for sure get out. And she like assumes that that's what Amryn used to get out. So she's like, okay. They go back to the prison. She climbs up and up and up. She's like out of shape, drinking from the wall, like gnarly shit. (laughs) Again, again, I would have been like... Can you fly us up there? Or like, can, can you just winnow? Yeah, winnow because there's like powers and words and stuff. But I'm like, yeah. you've got wings. You could just fly up the mountain. <laughs> He's probably like, gotta train her. Gotta get her in shape. Like, I won't say anything. <laughs> literally he's just like gotta get her into fighting shape no literally i would have been again i would have been out for the count after 200 steps and the prison guards are these weird shadows they go down 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 after this and they meet the bone carver the bone carver appears to the people that view it as like different forms and mm-hmm. Feyre sees the bone carver as a child Reese brings it an offering and it was the bone that Feyre Cursebreaker used to kill the worm yeah, it's creepy it's this is like it's so this- creepy she's like scared Reese is like holding her hand and stuff like that and the bone carver basically plays the same game as Reese <laughs> he's like <laughs> a truth for a truth a thought for a thought like all this bullshit and so Feyre tells the bone carver about when she died, how she could hear her neck snap, how she could see herself dying through Reese's eyes. She could see the bond between them. And the bone carver is asking her all these questions about death. Like, is there an afterlife? Was there anyone there? Is there another portal? Blah, blah, blah. And Feyre finally 
asks, can you use a bone to resurrect someone? And the bone carver says, no, but there's a cauldron that makes life. And if you have that plus a million other things, you could, (laughs) (laughs) you can resurrect. Done. The other thing that's important to know is one of the things is like the cauldron was this thing that made life itself and it was forged from this metal and the leftover metal was made into this book. And you probably need the book to be able to like nullify the power of the cauldron. And oh, by the way, they also say that he like reveals that the cauldron can be used to also like take down the wall, like the wall yes, between Perithian the mortal and lands the and Perithian mortal, that protect yeah. the mortals, basically. Which, by the way, there's like multiple times when fairies can just get through the wall, anyways. And so I'm just like, what is the point of this? I know, because like they go wall. through like the holes or whatever. They can go through like, the holes, or they can like fly, fly around it on the ocean. No. I don't know. Anyways, the bone carver, creepy DB, like gonna see yeah see them as as a child i think when they walk out i mean they get the information they need right that that they that the cauldron is like the thing that they're worried about and that the king of highburn like already has it and is like trying to put it back together yeah so that's another part that's like okay we gotta move quick here because highburn is already hunting the book and the cauldron because the cauldron's in a lake but it vanished and the book that they need is split into two one with the mortal queens and one at summer court court the book is called because of course the book has to have an annoying fucking name book of breathings like kk (laughs) (laughs) they go back to the townhouse and the crew's there they like update them and reese is like i think Feyre can find the book because she can track things with her magic and then He's like, hey, but but before we go to Summer Court and the Mortal Realm to get both pieces of the book, we should test her. So let's take her to the Weaver. So the next day they go to the woods and they go to a... Oh, no. Pause, pause, pause. (laughs) Are you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I can't. I can't. I know. I know why you're pausing me and I'm I'm pissed about it. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. We got to just talk about the little scene before they go to the woods. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Do you not want to talk about it right now? No, let's talk about it. (laughs) So that you're so the listeners know. Prior mm-hmm. to us reading this, part of what we decided we wanted to do when we were reading this book was compile some lists of top cringy moments, but also like top romance, sexy, smutty moments, which we will fully go through our list at the end uh, once we are done reviewing the book. However, it is important to note some of these scenes as we go along. Yes. So before they go to the woods and they are like putting Feyre on this test of if she can find things because she was she was made by the seven high lords and so she can also sense things that were also made like the cauldron because she's other and different of this world so she can also sense other different things they're in the bedroom and he's getting her ready i don't know you i can't wait for your thoughts but she's getting her he she, he's getting her ready um and he wants to set her up in like the right clothes i guess and it says, Reese knelt and spread wide the web of leather and steel, beckoning for me to stick a leg through one loop. Because he's, like, mm. putting on, like, weapons to her so that she'll I know, be ready. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I did, 
I did as instructed, ignoring the brush of his steady hands on my thighs as I stepped through the other loop and he began tightening and buckling things. And then he's like, she's like, she won't notice a knife. Like, and he's like, no, no, no. She's got knives in her house. This creepy weaver. Like she, if you bring like a bow and arrow in, she like will notice that she's blind. So she probably won't notice things. But um, you, sh- you sh- if you're really quiet, she won't notice this. It says he tightened the strap, strong, capable hands, so at odds with the finery he usually wore to dazzle the rest of the world into thinking he was something else entirely. Right, Reese looked up, hands raised on my thighs. Ow, he'd once ordered Tamlin, and now here he was on his knees before me. His eyes glinted as if he remembered it too. Had that been part of the game, that facade, or had it been vengeance for the horrible blood feud between them? No, but Kay, the best part is next. So he's like... Yeah, he's cleaned this knife belt on her. Um, they're talking about that he has, she has to go into this house and steal something of his. And she can't touch anything else. She can't let the weaver know that she's there, anything like that. And she goes, so I'm your huntress and the thief. His hand slid down to cup the backs of my knees, as he said with a roguish grin. You are my salvation, Feyre. That is a great line. I just want to say I love this part. I love the way Reese talks to Feyre, like blah, 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 blah. I wrote in my notes, though, it's like the pivot is so much. Like, he flirts with her for sure. He tries to get a rise out of her. I love that type of relationship and flirting and stuff like that. The, like, push and pull, the banter, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he, at this point, Maybe it's because she agrees to work with him, but he just, he pivots so hard. Like saying something like you look nice or like, are you like jealous or like blah, blah, blah versus like you are my salvation is just such a hard pivot. And maybe that's why I didn't write it because I just, maybe my brain glazed over it because I think that the first part is like up to speed so far with what he's been doing in terms of rallying her up and doing and like, you know, he's like buckling her into this stuff. Like that's something that he would do. And saying, yeah, you are my salvation. It's a great line, but it's like maybe a little bit too early. But I mean, if you think of it in his like flirty, silly banter, I think it, I think he can get away with like saying things. If you think of him saying it super serious and really intense to her, it would be like, your timing's off, little bruh. So it depends on the tone that you're thinking, reading it. In his heart, he's like, again, don't want to spoil it. Even though everyone knows, so I don't know why we're tipping yeah. around it. But he's like, this is an important person to me. So he's expressing that. And some things I feel like slip out that are a little more serious than his usual tone. But I, I wonder, I want to know what changed here that makes him say these things versus keep it like light and you know fun because like saying that I feel like is is like serious and like more heavy and more direct than what he has been saying before that's a good point and and so then I'm glad you brought it up though he always wants to like distract her and he and because and he knows this is his this is his go-to when she's stressed or like not responding or whatever so right before Sorry, we kind of jumped the gun there. But yeah, he he needs to go find something of Reese's that's in the Weaver's Cottage, which is in the middle of this like terrible part of Prithian where like no high lord rules because there's like these creatures of old time and these like, it's just kind of like the badlands of Prithian. And before they go in, she's nervous or something and he's trying to distract her again. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up. I wrote this down too. And it's like, this is some of this, like, again, this like flirty banter, but also just like, there's some interesting things going on here. 
And um, she's like, where are we? And then it's like the weaver of the wood is at the top of their food chain of like this terrible Badlands place. And she's like, so we're disturbing her for like a test. Like you're just doing that. And he is like, Cassian actually tried me to convince me last night not to take you. I thought he might even punch me. Like, this is serious. Like, it seems serious. And she goes, why? I, she's like, I don't know, Cassian. He goes, who knows with Cassian? He's probably more interested in fucking you than protecting you. And she's like, you're a pig. And he goes, you could, you know, if you needed to move on in a physical sense, I'm sure Cassian would be more than happy to oblige. What a fight, which, what a terrible school boy. I just want to figure out where her thoughts are at. I guess I'll just like tell her that maybe somebody else likes her so that I can see if she, no, if she no, likes me. No, no, I know. I have this written down as one of my cringiest moments. And then she responds, right? It's like, then tell him to come to my room tonight. He's like, if you survive this test and you, and she's like, you seem pleased by the idea that I won't fight the opposite Feyre. I'll let Cassian know that you're open to his advances. His advances. She goes, good. Um, and, but it's kind of hollowed out. Um, but it's kind of like he's trying to get her riled up before he, she goes in. And then he goes, I made it. She goes, I made it jump off the stone, but he gripped my chin. The movement too fast to detect. His words were a lethal caress as he said, did you enjoy the sight of me kneeling before you? because he was kneeling before her when he was like strapping and buckling her in. Is this face from cringe? Is this face from like, I can't deal with it? This is like, tell me, tell me what you think. No, this is like everything to me. <laughs> okay, 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 good, like good. it's so embarrassing. Okay, like I get secondhand embarrassing embarrassment when a powerful lord of multiple centuries is like anyways so like if you need to fuck someone to get over your ex-boyfriend uh like my friend is available (laughs) even though I've been flirting with you for months and then she just like can't commit she can't be like no I don't want to fuck Cassian or whatever so she just is like yeah for sure because she's mad that he's bringing it up and then He's, like, jealous, obviously, and then he, like, says that. Do you, did you enjoy the sight of me kneeling in front of you, Feyre? Deadly. Yeah, we did recent. I don't know about yeah. Feyre, but we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> Who cares about that, bitch? Like, <laughs> so she goes into the cottage. The weaver is a woman-like creature, and it's, like, a hoarder's house. She's blind. She's weaving shit with, like, people's bodies, pa- body parts. Um, and she's she, got a little riddle diddle. because I was going to say. I was going to say. It. We're not even going to go no, into it. I didn't even write it down. But, of course, she's riddling away. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it has no semblance. Like, it has no impact on the actual No, book. she's just she's just singing she's a just little singing. song to herself. It's, like, creepy. It's, like, a creepy story that she's singing. and It's supposed to be Hansel and Gretel, basically. Yeah, and yeah. we think Feyre, if Feyre's quiet enough because the weaver is blind, that she won't notice her to, like, steal this item, and she needs to find out what's the item, right? So she's, like, using her powers to be, like, okay, is the test working? Like, can I sense an item that I'm supposed to get? And she senses a ring, which is just like, okay. So she senses, she figures out that it's a ring that Reese sent her in to get. And she grabs the ring and the weaver is like, who's in my cottage? Yeah, which is like so creepy. I would, I would rather like see Amarantha's like straight up evilness than this like psycho bitch. I actually like really didn't like this. Yeah, it's really gross. Cause she's even like, yeah, people's bodies. It's like all the like thread is like actually like, 
human hair or like fey hair or something like like there's yeah it's body parts like the house is made out of yeah it is very handsome brittle it's very disgusting so anyways she's like oh my god i gotta get out of here finally a ring on a top shelf Mm -hmm. um like calls to her and she grabs the ring and the weaver is trying to find her and kill her she sets the house on fire using a candle and tries to climb up the chimney because she obviously can't go out the door and can't go out the windows they're sealed and she gets stuck and she has this moment and I think like this happens quite a bit to her in her like depresso state where she's like you know what I could also just like fucking die or I can like be strong like she has a moment of clarity where she's like you know what fuck this I'm a strong bitch I saved everyone UTM and she grabs a brick from the chimney that's loose she hits the weaver and then climbs up the mountain and it's like this greasy gross situation and she finds Reese over in a tree and they winnow back to the house of wind and Feyre like throws up Amran cleans her up uh Feyre realizes that yes Reese was testing her to track the items but he also needs her to like master her panic and like be strong and stuff like that so Feyre's like okay I if I'm going to be a part of this, I want to train with Cassian for like hand-to-hand combat. I want to train with Reese to hone my powers and like, let's get into it. Just like cue the montage in any movie where it's just like training. Ha, ha, ha. And then she's going to come out on the other side, like strong and mighty and knowing what she's supposed to do. Anyways, it was nice. very like Buffy training montage. It felt like, but yeah, she, she learns that the ring was Reese's mother and she gave it to the weaver to keep it for safety until he like found the person he's supposed to give it to yeah it's a little cringy it's a little bit like okay but sure she her powers work she like found the she found it she's like okay cool and he's like reese is like yeah like we got to continue on because highburn knows about um the book and the cauldron so like let's try to do your mind shields again and uh he's like try to break into mine and she's like oh my god oh my god I can't I can't but he she finally does and he shows her an image or like a story a scene of his memories yeah of Ianthe like propositioning herself to Reese over a hundred years ago and because she he keeps saying these like sly remarks about Ianthe and he shows her being like I could be your wife we could be really really powerful etc etc and she he turns her down yeah so she's like oh my fucking god I think she's jelly and then she's like also proud of herself for learning how to do this and then also like disgusted because again this was like her friend but also kind of like frenemy yeah I think it just shows that Ianthe's like evil actually and exactly and she was like propositioning but like wouldn't take no for an answer from recent and there's just some like recent like i'm not consenting to this see you later and so that's why it, yeah explains that he doesn't like uh int and that there's like some more darkness to her totally so the past so she's like on board now she's like with the inner circle i think yeah. if he asked her to be like an emissary to the mortal lands like she's like yeah. officially part She's, like, officially part of the inner circle. She's having, like, some thoughts about, like, like being worried about, like, feeling guilty, I think, a little bit about Tamlin and stuff. But does she write 
the letter to him to be like, just leave me alone. I think she does that after they go to the mortal lands because they're like, we've oh. got to set this plan into action. So the next part of this is, again, to find the book. So we have to mail, like send mail, send word <laughs> to the mortal queens. So we have to do that by going to the mortal lands and having someone do that. We can't be caught doing it. So um, obviously Feyre realizes that, that they're going to go back to where Nesta, her dad, and, and Elaine. Elaine are living. Um, and she goes with the boys and this, there's a moment here where she chooses to like fly with Asriel, which is like obviously like sets them off and stuff like that. So it's like everyone knows, like everyone knows Feyre. Everyone knows. There's some feelings. Yeah. But there's like, yeah, the flirting is like ratcheting up and like they piss, he like pisses her off all the time. So she's just like, hey, whatever. And so they arrive to the Archeron or whatever residence and it's Aki because she's a Fae. Like she looks Fae. She has Fae ears she's you know like beautiful like blah 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 and the girls are hesitant to see her and like obviously are hate Reese and I think is it Cassian and Azrael that go with her yeah they go more and Amran stay home yeah they go they go and like really to set up this other part of the book right of of them trying to get the book because the mortal queens have the other part of the book that can only be like freely given by the queens so they need to like have a conversation with them and try to figure that out while at the other part that they need to find is at the summer court right because they need this book to like nullify the power of the cauldron and yeah cassian and Azrael come there's like some like fighting words because now that Feyre is part of the inner circle cassian and Azrael like good friends where we love to see it are like protecting her a little bit more and i think that they're a little annoyed cassian is anyways that he knows about Feyre's story that she was like the youngest sister and had tried to like defend them he gets kind of snippy with them like nessa and him are kind of like bickering um and they're just going off and you're right the sisters eventually begrudgingly are like okay you can use our house we'll like send everybody away you can use the house to figure out how to talk to the mortal queens and see if they'll chat with you and i guess we're part of this now too because they now know that if they don't help the mortal lands are in danger from the king of highburn and so i think that's basically what happens there yeah they dispatch the letter to the mortal queens and they say but we'll have to do that in the morning so you have to stay overnight and they have to share a room because recent favor have to share a room because because reasons um, <laughs> it's just because reasons but well the reasons are that they are fey in mortal lands and fucking elaine even her engagement ring is made out of iron and if you remember back to the first book i they wear iron to like ward off fey like they hate them so it's like okay i'm gonna share with Feyre. like we need rooms close to each other so we can like ensure everyone's safety it's funny the first time i read this i was like fucking let's go like oh, what funny. i was because they walk into the room there's one bed and i was like oh my i was like let's fucking go one bed one room like game on no and, he, no and he's like and she's like uh one bed and he's like oh <laughs> and little makes ma- little yeah. magic and there's like a little cop for him he's like yeah Night. I yeah, mean, I was do like, we, sad. do we love a respectful king? I <laughs> yeah. guess. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so sad for us. So they head back t- the next day to uh, the night court, and Reese and Feyre are training. 
And he is showing more trust now, showing her maps, helping her hone those powers, like the use of fire and wind and all of those things. And he starts sending her notes. And basically, like, this is also the other thing about this book series is, like, none of the magic makes sense. Like, he can, like, he can, like, heat her body. He can heat water. He can fly he can she can track things like she can light candles and he can have he can pieces of paper yeah. but why not write a note Here's I, what, here. he literally can fucking talk to her in his brain and but instead he's like i'm gonna send you a piece of paper i'm gonna send you a note and then a pen and then if you write something back on the same paper it'll disappear and be sent to me but Okay, so we can, like, give that shit all day, every day, except it's so fun. And I was No, I know. This. Oh, I'm loving every minute of it, but it's so cheeseball. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, why do I love their, like, note passing so far? Because I was like, does this make my list of, like, top fun, like, romance things about the book? And I'm like, oh, I know why it's so fun. Because it's, like, texting. And in any book... If, if the author can capture, like, a fun voice between characters texting and you get, like, a little, like, they texted me this or they texted me this because you're missing different contexts. You don't get, if it's from that perspective, of course, you're not getting their facial features. And so there's something really fun about texting when you're flirting with somebody and, like, getting back and forth and sending little notes. And so it's their texting. And, yeah, and, of course, it's always so flirty and it's always... It's so cute. But no, you're totally right because it's like sending a like maybe like risque text, not even like sexting, but like a maybe more forward text messages and then waiting for the reply. Like you can't beat that feeling of like the early days of a crush. And But like everything is Reese being like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> He's like, you are like the most beautiful girl I've ever met. <laughs> Hers is just, just this emoji I am giving you a vulgar gesture right now no literally he sends her one and it says life is so much better when you're around and she just says like fuck off reset <laughs> like, like l-o-l like no no it's just delivered <laughs> 10 minutes ago it's not coming back no literally he also fucking sends her lunch in her bag let's say it works sweetie yeah but whatever whatever and so he's like i'll leave you alone because okay this is another thing okay so like i really related to feyra in this moment because like for example like speaking spanish in front of somebody that i like want to like me or like even if it's romantic or not i'm like i can't do this like this is so embarrassing so when he's like Always being like to Feyre, like, like, light this candle and then not. And she's like, I don't even know where to begin. I would perish. I would literally die. Or when Cassian, even Cassian's like, you know, learn this punch combo or whatever. Oh, when they're like, she has to like put herself out there and be vulnerable to like do the things that they're asking to do. Oh my God. So vulnerable. So she's like, I need to be left alone. So he's like, yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, I wouldn't be able to do that anyways. And while he's gone and Ator snatches her up. But then Reese comes and saves her and ties the adder to the tree. And the adder tells Reese that the king is going to kidnap Feyre and that the army is coming soon. Asriel takes the adder away to interrogate it more. And 
Feyre realizes that Reese used her as bait and she tries to like attack him and he can get away from her because he can winnow around. Well, we gave him a cat and mouse. Yes, he keeps winnowing away and she keeps like trying to tackle him, but she finally does it. She winnows to him and tackles him and she's like on top of him in the snow or whatever. And she's like, I'm so mad that you used Don't me as ever bait. Use me as bait. Yeah. Again. Yes, because she's like, that's what Tamlin did. At, like, used me as a pawn, used me as nothing. Don't ever do that. And he apologizes profusely, like, multiple times. And he's like, let's just go home. And she's like, Valaris isn't my home. Oh, this was in the, sorry, this was in the mortal world. Then they go back to Valaris. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, deal with the adder. It's, like, in Hewn City, which is, you know, the Court of Nightmares. Just, Azrael's also just, like, we're getting a little bit more as a spy master. Like, he, like, he, like, tortured. Like, they, he tortured the adder. The long and the short of it, which was actually important, is that we do get a little bit more information about, like, why the King of Highburn is trying to get Feyre, and now there's, like, some more things. But they, like, reference a situation in the Spring Court, and there's, like, some nervousness about what's going on in the Spring Court, and Feyre's like, well, what is going on in the Spring Court? And they're like, oh, there's just, like, some unrest, and there's, like, some not some great things happening. And then that's what prompts her to write the letter to Tamlin to be like, peace out, Girl Scout. The contents of the letter is like, I left Spring Court on my own free will. I am safe. I'm not coming back. It's like three lines. That's it. And and she's just like, see ya. You were in love. I mean, I'm glad for you that you figured out that you're not anymore um, and that he's kind of shitty. But you think that this guy who had protection problems over you already where you haven't given, you left him on red. You ghosted him. He deserved it. But now you're just like gonna send a little snail mail letter like it's not gonna work but no i know i know like sorry there's like some dumb excuse later she's like didn't like why did you leave me alone like i sent you that letter three lines when she sends it she's like well that'll do it like that that chapter's over in my life (laughs) like yeah like wash my hands clean of that never like never to be heard from him again yeah that was like dumb bitch juice but uh reese reads the letter too And so he, I feel like in his little heart is like, oh my God, I'm so like happy that this is taking a natural course. Cause I think that's the other part that I want to say about recent is like, he is trying to give Feyre as much choice Mm -hmm. in the matter and stuff like that. I think he's worried that even though he knows that they have a bond that the, she will feel obligated to like love him and stuff like that when she just admitted that she rushed into things with Tamlin, basically. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to rush her into doing the exact same thing. So it's happy times. They, like, go out for dinner. I have a note about dinner. Another one of these, like, little throwaway lines. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know if you have it, but it might no, I don't. wait to my top. Um, so they all go out for dinner. Um, and they're... The whole inner circle, right? They're going out for dinner. They're like having good food, whatever. And they're kind of just celebrating, I guess. And Azrael, Moore, and Cassian decide to go out and like dance at Rita's. Like there's this place called Rita's where it's like obviously they go and drink and it's like their pub and they always go dancing. And Feyre's just like not really feeling up for it. And so they're walking and Reese is like, no, that's fine. Like we can just like walk back to the townhouse. And they're walking back and I think they like stop on the side of the, the, a bridge and they're looking at the layout of the city and Reese is telling her about like his sister and how she left the Sidra and the family and she's like oh well why isn't your house 
in this one area, um, if that's yeah. like your favorite your favorite part. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And he's just like, he's like, well, I just wanted a quieter street or whatever. And she's like, oh, don't high lords. Like, why don't you reorder the city so that you, like, okay, chill, Feyre. Like, what the heck? She's she, like, so the worst rude. of them. I know. Like, I guess, again, the same with Tamlin. She grew up, like, with all of these all of this lore about high lords and how awful they are but i'm like it's been at this point it's been like two months or whatever and it's like he has shown you at this point like okay yeah maybe he like tricked you a little bit with the adder and stuff like that but i'm like at this point he has shown you like nothing but like confidence respect trust and kindness and she's like she's like there's no tithe here like like, she's like She's like, why don't you just fucking reorder the whole city so you can look at the river all the time? And he's like, that's not how things work around here. But here's the line. Here's what I am happy. So she, yeah, isn't, she goes, why can't you just like reorder the city? Because isn't that what high lords do? Whatever they please. And he looks at her. They're like standing really close. And he goes, there are a great many things I wish to do, but don't get to. And again, it's a throw. She doesn't really respond to it, actually. Like, she, like, realizes that they're kind of standing pretty close. But then she, like, goes into, like, a little thing about Am- I think that's when she asks about Amran, maybe. Yes, and when he's just she like, does. She's like, so are you fucking Amran? Amran? Yeah. What this- would give you that impression? <laughs> I mean, sometimes people are, like, a little nervy about, like, their crush. But, in- I mean, it's just funny. It just, it's that's a really, like, little, like, because you can, see- I visually can really see it. And they're, like, close together. Like, there's a great many things that I wish to do but don't get to with that hidden context of, like, the things that I'd like to be doing are you. Yes, and that part also got me in the second read because in the first read, you could just be like, oh, yeah, he doesn't get to live, like, a peaceful life. He doesn't get to have his friends not have to be warriors. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many, like, I wish my family was alive still or whatever, but he obviously means Feyre, and then she hears music that Reese had sent her under the mountain, and he's like, she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, like, that was you, and again, I was like, Feyre, who else would it be? Who else is bonded to your fucking brain? But they go home to the townhouse, and he sends her a note, and he's like, something about, like, can you come lick my wounds or something like that? And he's like, I'd re- I have some secondhand embarrassment with the licking. He's Stop like, Stop saying great- lick. I'm great. He's like, yeah. I'm great at licking. Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop saying that. Yeah. It's like, um, where would, you- and then she's like, where would you want me to lick? And he's like, everywhere. I don't know. I wish they used a different word. So the next thing that they have to do is, you know, they've sent the letter to the mortal queens. They have to go to summer court to find that half of the book. They winnow to Adriata, which is the main city in summer court. And they meet Tarquin, the High Lord, and Princess Crusada, who is, I like, not his lover. Relative. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Just, there's just some, like, summer court high fae who are like the people who run the court and yeah i think the high lord is tarkin tarquin and he's like he's like young and handsome and like he's got like summer tan like brown skin and he's got like the beautiful views of basically the little little mermaid is what i've got in my (laughs) 
in my head. Yes, like, very like King Triton. He, I will say Summer Court and his look is the one I'm most excited for to see like an adaptation of because it's so unique and it's so like turquoise and seashells and like sea glass and stuff like that. And I just like mm. love that color palette. Um, the flirting between Feyre and Reese is amping up. So Feyre basically has to find the book on a tour or like she needs information from Tarquin about where the book is held. She might get that on a tour. So she has to like flirt with him basically to, I guess, trick him into like either giving her the book, showing her where it is or leading her enough around the court for her to find it. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's just, yeah, the mission is that it's like, do whatever you need to do to like get the book. And part of it might be that she's like flirting with Tarquin. And also it's kind of like a big deal because Feyre is like appearing for the first time since she's like left the spring court and she is now to the outside world or like the Fey world. Yes. Like part of the inner circle. And of there's the like night the ch- court. Yes. Of the night court. And there's this chatter of, of the summer court people being like, wouldn't want us to like get the stolen bride of Tamlin like we should probably um maybe maybe that's not good maybe we should let them know that you're here and recent is like I'll literally kill every single one of you if you even think about like threatening my favorite and she says yeah he says like she's mine I hated the part where they met each other and he's like staring at her boobs and then Reese is like, yeah, they're like really nice, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gross because it's like, that's the other part is that they have to put on. I read that some people find this really cringy every time that they like try to, or Pharaoh tries to be like the night court because they think it's like, we have to put on this facade. We're now going out where everyone thinks still the night, nobody knows about Blarist, right? Like everybody still thinks that it's really like recent is this terrible, powerful high lord. They're, they're just visiting the summer court for just like politics. Like they don't, like the summer court doesn't know, but it's just like uh, that they're here for the, to try to find the book. But they're just here for politics and to try to chat about, uh, you know, court stuff and emissary stuff. And it's like they have to be this cold, aloof, sexual, um, powerful. Also, also, really funny is that Cassian's not allowed to come because he's like banned from the summer court because he like destroyed a building the last time that he was there. And he like wanted to come. And Reese was like, you're just. So it's only Amran, Reese, Feyre, and, and Reese that go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Feyre's like getting a little bit of a flirt on with Tarquin. Yeah, with Tarquin. So yeah, I didn't like the boob comment, but uh, later Reese visits her in her guest suite and she's like, and he's like, do you like Tarquin's attention? And he puts his hands onto a dresser where she's standing in the middle. And Reese is like, you do need to do anything to get that book. And Feyre goes, anything? And she asks him if she fucked him for the book, what would he think? And he like doesn't answer. <laughs> I've got the quote here because Please I read like it. Please read it. Anything. If I fucked him for it, what would you do? His pupils flared and his gaze dropped to my mouth. The wood dresser groaned beneath his hands. You say such atrocious things. I waited my heart an uneven beat. He at last met my eyes again. You are always free to do what you want with whomever you want. So if you want to ride him, go ahead. She's like, maybe I will. And then they do a fine, fine. No, literally. He's like, light the candle. We need to like continue to practice. But like, literally, why did you have to say ride too? Like, it was just so. Um, I think it's so sexy. I think the whole scene, I'm like here for it. The, I like the like, not trapping. That sounds 
abusive, but like capturing her in between the dresser and stuff like that. I think it's just like talking around the stuff that like again he made this thing about Cassian like you want to fuck Cassian and now it's like this thing he's talking around it like there's obviously this like energy and flirtation between them this is an important moment that I completely forgot that we have to talk about which is my favorite line of the entire book um which was right before they left for the summer court and I don't know if you have this written down at all I know um, I definitely don't I have no idea what you're talking about because it's my depraved little mind so this is what's happening and so right before they go to the summer court they they're like up early and like recent like in the townhouse is like you gotta come and he like goes, he's got to winnow him her and Amran to the summer court and they find out that last night Reese went out drinking with Cassian and Asriel and he like they kind of he seems like maybe he's hung over and she's just like what's going on Amran's like he's pissy this morning and Feyre goes why and Reese goes because I stayed out last night late last night with Cassian and Asriel and they took me for all of his birthday cards Feyre says sore loser I gripped his hand um and he says I am when my brothers tag team me <laughs> everyone just wants the bat boy orgy there must be fanfic about that oh there is it's fine I just needed to mention that honorable mention <laughs> so oh my god this I really like this part so he was like okay so he she's like light a candle she drenches drenches it with water she moves it like the water and it like splashes on Reese like this just like flirty Mm -hmm. business is really cute and then Reese says that she's more worth more than lands and jewels etc and Tamlin knew it and that's why he like kept her locked up um because they had hinted that Tamlin might start a war over her and and she's like I wouldn't go back to him even if he did that so like again just the message is being received that she is fucking over this bitch and not maybe not ready to move on but is like a single girly ready to maybe fuck Tarquin they have a party and it's on a boat She's flirting with him. She's like, oh, I actually really like him, though. Yeah, she thinks, she's like, I think I could be your friend. And there's, like, this cute little banter between, like, I think I could be your friend. Like, it would be really easy to love you, but I think it would be easier to be your friend. And there's just, like, this really cute energy there. But we're just like, what's going on? But we know that she's starting to feel bad. She's like, I know i got to find this book, but I really don't want to hurt this guy at the same time. And then the other side piece that's happening is that she is getting jealous, angry out of her mind because recent is not paying any attention to her and he's flirting with Crusada or whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah, And it comes and so yeah, she's flirting all the time. They like don't talk to each other. They like freeze each other out all night. And then I think they find out a bit more information about the book or where it's going to be, but there's a kind of a confrontation little spat between her and Reese where she's just like oh and you just could have like and you just went and fucked her and Reese is just like like I didn't actually like it's a part that I'm playing like duh we got yeah like did did we not just discuss that we both have to do everything and anything in our power to get this book so they're both like jealous of each other because Tarquin takes her on like a private tour he gives her this necklace of rubies he's you know flirting back with her he says to her like yeah I think it'd be easy to love you too um he he proposes this idea of like diminishing the class like class discrepancy in Perithian and like 
she just like really likes him and she confronts Reese about it. Reese is like, I didn't fuck her. And he says, which this is like, again, one of the moments I like love so much. He's like, he was so mad because she was smiling at Tarquin like genuine smiles and he's like you don't smile at me like you smile at Cassian and Asriel and Tarquin and stuff like that but you like don't smile at me he is also really upset because this hit a trigger point for him because he's like it will always be hard for someone to love me because summer court is so neutral night court is you know the evil baddie court and stuff like that and like I have to pretend to be this person that I'm not and Whoever I date or marry or whatever will always have a target on their back. And then so Feyre, this is like, I would say the most iconic line in the whole entire series that a lot of you have tattoos and stickers and like bookmarks of. But she's like, oh my God, like would never want that for you. And she proposes a toast to Reese. And she says to the people who look at the stars and wish Reese, Reese clinked his glass against mine to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Okay, like, truly. That's so cheesy. No, and truly, what does it mean? Like, what <laughs> What does it mean? What does it mean? Look at the stars and wish. Okay, because so I guess he's, he's wishing that things could be different or whatever. And then... She, she, I guess you do that to wishing stars and then he says to the stars that listen and the dreams that are answered confused I don't know but like whatever like so the next night she's like we need to fucking find the book she's touring summer court she sees this rando temple in the water and she's like it's probably there but she needs confirmation before she goes into it. So when she's talking talking to Tarquin, she slips past his mind shields and goes into his mind and figures out that, yes, it is in the temple. She asks him about it and he starts, because she can see it in his mind, that he's getting worried. Why is she asking about the temple? And so she learns that she can steer his thoughts to keep him not suspicious of asking so she like soothes his thoughts so the next day they attempt to get the book Reese is on watch and Amran and Feyre go into the temple and it's like muddy and gross Feyre like chants like I am Tarquin I am sea I am (laughs) (laughs) I am sky and like I'm water and like whatever and I guess tricks the door to opening and then the box to opening and they get the book and the book's talking to Feyre calling her a liar calling her curse breaker and all of these things um and they almost drown but a wraith saves her and is like our debt is paid which is a callback to spring court and Reese is like we g2g because I didn't knock out all of the guards like an alarm was set off and they know that something is happening. So they winnow back to Valaris and the book is in the Holy Tongue, which Amran used to speak, but doesn't now. So she has to learn the language to decode the book. And the next day, Reese is really upset um, and he's like hiding out on the rooftop drinking. And it's because Summer Court sent them, which this is like, the lamest thing I've ever fucking heard. But like he had received a box of blood rubies. It was addressed to Amran, Reese and Feyre, basically marking them as enemies of Summer Court because they figured out. They realized that they 
stole the book or something happened and it was like yeah you were in bad faith you like came to our you came to our city and stole from us and she's like what does Reese do when I'm upset she's like he taunts me he flirts with me so she tries to do the same to him she you know is flirting with him and he goes like am I supposed to deny that I find you attractive and she's like you've never really said that to me before he's like I say that all the time which is what you mentioned before about how he's like kind of always saying it but not really saying it and Asriel interrupts them and she walks away and as she's walking away she imagines her going to a lingerie store and Reese is like watching her get dressed in lingerie and like they're like about to hook up blah 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 and then she realizes that he was sending those visions to her naughty which is like well she tries teasing him like about the lingerie to get him out of the thing and then it kind of works and also there's like a cute throwaway line where she, I think she goes to more and she's pissed about it afterwards and he, she's like this is what he did to me he like sent this vision um but more like kind of it gives her comment is like I, I like nobody can get Reese out of a bad mood like yeah so even if you, yeah so even if you did that that amount of movement in that short of a, a time span, like you obviously have like a special connection. It's like the friend. Yeah. It's like the his like it's the best friend being like, oh, you really like are someone good for them. It's it, cheesy. It's corny. Love the little lingerie scene. It's very like, yeah, they're like talking about their feelings a little bit more. Totally. Um, And that night he has a nightmare and the house is like groaning and Feyre goes to support him and like has to like slap him to wake him up and he's naked and he like traps her and then realizes it's her and like wakes up. She recognizes or notices two tattoos on his knees. They are of mountains and stars. And the next day, Reese thanks her via note and she asks what the tattoo means. And he says the meaning is to remind him that he kneels before nothing and no one but his crown. Two things. One, why are these mountain tattoos on the knees just as bad of a red flag to me as like a spruce tree tattoo on a straight man's arm? If there is a tattoo of a spruce tree that goes up here, red flag, you've got mountains about not bowing to anybody on your knees. I mean, it's fine. I love recent, but like a little bit of red flag Two, maybe make some of my, an, an un, like makes my top list for cringy moments that maybe not a lot of people have on their list. The first moment that Faye was like, I'm healed and I want to uh, paint again is because she sees his dick. He's naked. <laughs> yes, 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 he, yes. It's the Thank first you. time she, and she like Thank tries you. to say like, I'm not going to, I'm like not looking deeper. I'm not looking. I just like see his knees. He's naked. A little cringe that he's like, doesn't just like pull up a little blanket to like cover himself. He's just like, I'm out here. And she leaves that scenario being like, I think, I think I want to paint that. After all, he's like, I can't paint anymore because I'm traumatized. And I am like, the, the sight of his dick healed your <laughs> that you that want to paint. That is so funny. So cringy, so funny. No, I mean, it is so funny. So yeah, and she has these flashes for the rest of, like the remainder of the of part things two she wants to paint. of things she wants to paint. So we know yeah. our girl's like coming back. And so they are, you know, weeks pass, Amarin's still deciphering the book and uh the mortal queens finally get back to them and they go to the mortal world again to meet with the queens 
And the queens are like, no, we're not going to help you. We don't care if people like Nesta and Elaine perish. Yeah, no, they're like, we don't, we don't care. And we don't believe you that like you, why you're like this evil guy. We know even we here in the mortal realms, like about the night court and Reese is like, well, then I'll have to prove it to you. And that kind of leads them along that they part ways. And then the Queens are like, sure, if you can prove it to us and they decide the inner circle or recent decides that the way they're going to prove it is to like show them Valaris because that could prove that he's actually a good person and that he actually wants to work with them. They really need the book. It's really to save the humans. It's not that they're evil people. And the way to prove it to them, is like it's like so convoluted in fantasy world, but it's to like show them the Veritas. Is that, or is, what's the ball called? Yes, I, I actually didn't write it, and I don't think they've named it at this point, but there's an orb, oh, basically. An orb. Yeah, maybe I'm pulling that from something else, but it's like there's an orb that can basically, like, like a little um Netflix. Like, it can show you what you need. Yes, <laughs> yes. Something. And more, 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 the Morgan, her power is truth. What power is that? Okay. But she's like, I'll, we, we can get it. It's in the Hewn City. It's in the Court of Nightmares. My dad has it, because Morris' dad is lord that kind of rules over the hewn city and they're like okay then we, we gotta go get that and that's the final piece we need to prove that we're good so that we can get the book from the mortal queens and that leads us to that scene the orb will show them valaris without actually having to show them and bring them to valaris because they right. need to keep it safe Right. So they go to hewn city and it looks like utm so she is a little nervy and Reese is like I don't want you to come because I'm gonna have to be a monster and I don't want you to see that she's like I don't want to be on the sidelines so I'm gonna come and he's like you're gonna have to play a part like you're gonna have to like be the part of of you under the mountain like Yeah, yeah because that's what she was under the mountain when he would make her drink that wine and make her dance for him so which like still not forgiven but everyone's nervous because you know more has a difficult relationship with her family and stuff like that and it's just high stakes at this point when they're heading down there she's nervous and touches his wing and realizes that it feels sexual when um someone touches their wing he goes illyrian men can <laughs> this makes me want to kill myself can come to completion with just the touch of his wings Feyre asks if that's true for him and he says he's never let anyone touch him like that during sex he gets hit by an arrow but they can't find who it is um so they head again on their journey to Hune City they also in that conversation about the like the the wings they talk about the wingspan meaning equaling dick size like foot size equaling dick size and and she, and she says, Amryn and Moore both say that Asriel's <laughs> wings are the biggest or like the I was, or whatever. And he was like, when we get home, we're busting up the measuring sticks or whatever. I was laughing so hard. Idiot, idiot. Like it, it is really funny. So they, they're um, now in Hune City. They're wearing skimpy clothes, which again, I know that fantasy novels like have to do this to like ante up the like sex appeal or whatever, but I'm always like fucking why like it's it doesn't make sense all of a sudden they have to dress like I don't know naked or whatever whatever they they meet Kier who is Moore's father and when Reese enters the room they all bow to him and then he goes up to Feyre and he goes welcome to my home Feyre Cursebreaker 
and he sits on the dais and she sits on his lap and and they bump and grind yeah they they basically just like touch each other so this is a part that i also didn't get either is because she notices that he's hard but like Mm -hmm. doesn't say anything and like he doesn't apologize or anything like that then she notices he notices that she's wet the pronouns in this is getting so so difficult and then he's like I'm so sorry for like noticing that and he's like it's just your body it's just your body but like he doesn't say that for himself I don't know I just I did think that it was interesting that like he well maybe he's just not maybe he can sense that she's like ashamed or worried or whatever but yeah they're like super hot he's being he's being his like under the mountain self he's being like an asshole like he is he's got all this power and is ordering people to do things for him and treating her like a plaything. and yeah they're like bumping and grinding on each other and then yeah obviously they both get aroused but yeah she's weirdly like worried about it but then they kind of go back and forth and she's like why'd you stop and they're like they're like flirting not it's real it's not real there's a lot going on and it's like really it's like super sexy there's like when except except it's cringy to think about people like bumping and grinding actually just in front of everybody but he's like so powerful that it's like I can do whatever I want yeah and like everyone's watching them but that like adds to the thrill yeah 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 also this is good foreplay and you get a, you get more of this like in later scenes and stuff like that. But like this is good foreplay. They get the orb. They leave Hune City and Reese, you know, apologizes and he's upset with himself. And he's like, I didn't want you to see any of that. And at one point, Kira had called her a whore and, you know, Reese had been called Amaranthus whore. So it really like triggered something. And he says, I will kill anyone who harms you. I'll kill them and take a long time doing it. He's like, like, what do you want? And she just like can't answer. And Feyre tells him that he wears a mask even around his friends. And it really like upsets both of them. They can't like communicate in this moment. And so he ignores her for like two days. Is this the move? Like, are you like she's sending notes to him? He's not responding. He's leaving her on red. It's bad. It's bad on his part because that's like stonewalling your partner, basically. Just like, but I think no, I know. I think he's like so upset, and she realizes at this point, like, like this is the turning point in the book, basically, where she realizes that the flirting isn't a joke. She wants to actually be something with him, and you're like, oh my fucking god! Like, finally, this happens, and. Later, you know, weeks pass or whatever, days pass, and there's a celebration called Starfall, which is where all of these spirits cross the sky once a year like falling stars. Mm-hmm. And Reese finally sees Feyre, and they go to a balcony, and they, like, chit-chatty about how Starfall really means a lot to Reese and Amarantha. Like, this is, like, really dark. And, like, Feyre kind of glazes over it. But he's, like, during this time under the mountain, like, Amarantha made me service her. And she she's really not good at, like, no offense, Feyre. But she's not good at, like, just being, like, like some saying something simple, like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Or, like, that must have been hard. Thanks for telling me. Just something so simple. But she just, like doesn't do that and then a star hits her in the face 
the visuals like, of this are just like so, so off to me. I'm like, oh my god, really? Watching. I'm like, this is so beautiful to me. I'm <laughs> oh, it's like it's it's cute. The star paint like on them and like doing the, the flirting is cute. But I'm just like, you're watching falling stars. Just because you're in a mountain high up doesn't mean you're closer to the stars. I'm like, this isn't how. No, it doesn't make sense because they, they they would be in the sky and you guys aren't in the sky. You're in a mountain. And also, if you really think about it, it makes no sense because it's like, also, did that spirit just die because yeah. they splattered all over your face? Like, it makes no fucking sense. They're like, um, they're, she like, he gets splattered too, right? Like, he's teasing her. And she also paints a little star on him, which again, I just have this like cringy image of her doing like a triangle and then another like, triangle again, inside it. Why is it so like elementary school? But like, but she's like realizes that she painted something for the first time. Yes. In forever. Yes. And she laughs because one of the stars then hits his face and he goes smile again. And he goes, you're exquisite. Um, and then basically it's because he was saying that she never smiles at him and Mm -hmm. then she goes it's very very cute and she goes you owe me two thoughts and he says sometimes he thought hiding her was the better option or something like that and then he regrets kissing her under the mountain because he didn't make it pleasant for her Mm -hmm. and then she goes do you want to go dance and kisses her on the cheek he kisses her on the cheek and he says i'm very glad to have met you Farah. um and then the next day they head to the Lyrian war camps and it's like you know they're like a little tentative around each other because things are like moving forward in like a romantic way the war camps are brutal it's like cold the women there aren't getting treated well and reese does more of the like touch her and i'll kill you <laughs> type bravado because they're waiting to hear back from the they they did successfully steal the orb when they were when they went to the hewn city them i guess acting out was a distraction for them to be able to steal the orb from moore's dad and like from under the mountain because i guess they don't own it like i guess they needed to steal the orb to be able to like so that it's secretive so that they that their whole plans aren't like revealed to everybody so that like worked and then they are waiting. I guess they then send another letter out to the queens to let them know, like, we got to do that. And I think as they're waiting is when they just go to the the Illyrian war camp to do some training and, like, just wait, at, like, while they're waiting to hear back from the queens. And, yeah, there's, like, there's, like, a lot of bad culture and not treating women well there. And it's just kind of, like, crappy. But we get some, like, badass training like sequences and stuff and it's just like very moody you can tell it's like rainy and kind of cold and there's all this stuff going on totally yeah they like need to check in on like how the armies are doing for the war I guess and Reese and Feyre continue to train away from the camps and away from other people because because her powers are like unpredictable we find out what happened between Reese and Tamlin So basically, they met as teenagers and they were friends. But Tamlin told his dad of Spring Court that the Night Court was really powerful. So then Tamlin's father went to go kill Reese, but he wasn't there. Um, His mom and his sisters were there, so he killed them. And then Reese and his dad go to hunt down Tamlin and his dad, Uh, His father kills Tamlin's mother. 
the father and the brothers, but like also Reese is a part of it. Basically, everybody's family dies at the hands of each other. Really fucking dark stuff. And like Reese goes to actually try to save Tamlin and then Tamlin kills his dad. So both of them became high lords that night. Yeah. And obviously it's really, you know, that's like a dark and sad story, a part of their their lives. And she, again, is having this urge to paint and she tells him she wants to paint him. And he says nude would be best. <laughs> I know. He's so cheeky. It's so funny. So she's like, I really want to kiss him, but I feel like a traitor. But I do want like fun and distraction and... It'll be easier if I frame it to myself as fun and distraction so I can move on from Tamlin. And the next day when they're out training. My favorite scene. One of my favorite like action scenes because it's such a moment. So they're out training and they like get like Pharaoh goes ahead a little bit ahead of recent where recent is and it's like raining and I think it's like cold and they're in the, and she was just using like her firepower and who finds them but Lucian and some like court people from the spring court it's so intense I literally love this scene I don't know what you thought about it but I love this scene so much and Lucian's like we gotta go home and this is the first like point in such a long part of the book that we have any contact back with anybody from like this first part. And he's like, let's go. And Favor's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And like, I will literally never go back there. And Lucian is like gobsmacked because that's the other thing. He kind of like finally takes her in and sees her like in Illyrian like leathers and like dressing and like she's actually like a badass warrior and he's and he they can see each other sussing each other out because he goes to try to grab her and she knows as soon as he grabs her they'll like winnow away and he'll like try to take her back to the spring court and she's just like nah it's actually a really really good badass moment and she doesn't need Reese to save her and she like doesn't need anybody else and they try they kind of grapple for it but she like finally gets the power I don't know if she winnows or if, if she finally figures out how to like winnow away because because she's under the stress of it. And then her and Reese are next to each other. And she uses the power of shape-shifting. Which she had been avoiding. Because that was the power that she got from, from Tamlin. And all of a sudden she can like feel wings. Like Illyrian wings behind her. Which is just like such an image. And she's just like, like I'm good now. You can go and like fucking tell him to never come back. And Lucian's like, what has happened to you? Um, and he thinks something bad has happened or whatever. And then they leave. It's so good. And they fly off. Reese and Feyre and he says she looks good with wings and kisses her brows yeah totally this is like again one of the more pivotal parts of the book where she can stand up for herself again coming into her powers again and because it's this is another thing that's like slightly annoying about this book is like a lot of them treat her with like kid gloves and stuff like that and it's like she was made of you know, seven high lords with all these powers. And I know we learned this later, but like she's a powerful being, could rival any high lord. Mm-hmm. But so many people treat her with kid gloves. So finally the message is sent to Lucian and fully spring court that she's never going back there. So they are far away. They don't go back to the Lyrian camps. They go to an inn. And again, I'm like, an inn? There's only one room left 
and it's there's one bed and it's tiny he can't fucking fashion another bed with magic so i'm like let's fucking go like so sorry have you come around on one bed trope then because like did you enjoy it in your reread or were you still like a little cringy about it because you said that you were like over it and it's funny because for me this was before one bed trope was even bigger when i first read it and i was just like dying it was I love it okay here's the thing I like one bed tropes and forced proximity and stuff like that but sometimes it's hard because it's like I'm reading this book and I'm concurrently reading the Duke and I for uh, my next episode and that one has one bed trope too and I just think it's like you just overuse it's, it's just overused. yeah yeah but because every time is- I'm reading it I'm not thinking that oh, it's okay. when I an- like analyze it I'm like oh my god couldn't we use another plot mechanism but when I'm reading it I'm like let's fucking go like I'm like throwing my kindle like out my window like jumping (laughs) on my bed like I'm like so excited so (laughs) they have to share a room he goes to get food for them he can't get rid of his wings because if he uses magic they might be able to track him there so he has to keep his wings open and um this is actually this makes me want to kill myself (laughs) because (laughs) What are you going to say? <laughs> Look, I'm actually like... We've reached the high-frequency pitch screaming part of the episode. I know what I love about this, but you go. So he goes to go get them food from downstairs, and she's, in her mind, she thinks, oh, my painting of him would be called Death on Swift Wings. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> That I like, okay, that's like the dumbest title I've ever heard. But this is very, this is very, very cute. Then he goes, I love when you look at me like that. She goes, like what? Like my powers aren't something to run from that you see me. So all of that is good. But like death on swift wings. The death is hitting me fast from the name of that, of, of her painting. Jesus Christ. So he brings her dinner and he says to her, she no she goes what would you have done if I had gone with Lucian or if they had taken me and he said like that he was making peace that if she wanted to go with them he wouldn't stop her Mm -hmm. and then but she's like but if they like took me forcefully and he goes then I would have torn apart the whole world to get you back so again it's ramping up Favorite Sorry, per- get to the spicy part. Let's no, this is the romance. This is the slow burn. A favor proposes a thought for a thought. And he says, I'm thinking that I look at you and feel like I'm dying. Like I can't breathe. I'm thinking that I want you so badly. I can't concentrate half the time I'm around you. And this room is too small for me to properly bed you, especially with the wings. She's like, yeah, I totally agree. And totally this agree. I... Th- Totes agree. I feel like she was rewriting history a little bit. She like she's like, yeah, I wanted that even when I was like doing the bargain visits. I was like, no, you weren't. (laughs) I don't I don't think you were. They go to sleep. She's so cold. She's chattering. And so he warms her and holds her. She starts touching his wing, which sounds Mm -hmm. so dumb when you say it aloud. And he's like, what do you want? And she's like, I want a distraction and fun. Which you can just like at this point hear Reese's heart shatter. Like like 1,200 pieces. A million pieces. He starts touching her. 
her tummy and her legs and stuff like that her boobs and she goes to touch him and he goes like no let me touch you first so he like sticks his finger I feel like this is like as graphic as we're gonna get on this no yeah get graphic he slips his hands in her Mm -hmm. pants and like (laughs) yeah there you go there you go (laughs) and like starts to finger her she turns her head so she can finally like kiss him she finishes he licks his fingers and he's like this is what I've been waiting for since like under the mountain wait the line is because this is what I have I wanted to do yeah so he like gets her off right and then he's like I wanted to do that when I said when I felt how drenched you were at the port of nightmares I wanted to have you right there in the middle of everyone but mostly I just wanted to do this his eyes held mine as he brought those fingers to his mouth and sucked on them on the taste of me okay fucking ruined you got it i know like literally ruined so she's like attempting to reciprocate she wants to touch him and he says no because when we finally have sex i want to be alone with you and he says and when i lick you i want you splayed on a a table like my own personal feast that's a big line that people like totally because he's like when we have sex like i want to like roar to like <laughs> take down mountains <laughs> the roaring, like not the roaring. Bug. and he's like i don't want to do other things when we're in this like tight quarters in so they fall asleep and they realize like they slept really peacefully and she thinks i could do this for the rest of my life when she wakes up and they fly to another clearing and they start training and while they're flying home to the back to the Illyrian camps highburn soldiers you know shoot arrows at uh recent when they're flying and they're poisoned ash arrows and they hit his wings and they both start free falling into the forest so Farah creates a shield to save herself from the fall. And she's trying to find him through her bond, but she can't hear mm-hmm. him. So she's like winnowing around. She, she shapeshifts with animal eyes so she can like hunt better and with claws so she can move around. And she follows the path of arrows until she finds Reese with other the soldiers um, in a cave. And she realizes it's like a trap for her. And Reese is hung up on the cave wall and he's like bleeding, but she knows he's alive. And so she kills all of the soldiers with those arrows that she had found. Yeah, she like eviscerates them all and saves him. Saves him, cuts him down from the the wall and they move to another cave. While he she's like cutting the arrows out from his wings, she's telling him stories about her childhood and she tells him about painting the night sky because she painted the flowers for Elaine and the fire for Nesta and she says maybe it's because I was looking for you all she says you all and he falls asleep or falls unconscious and he's like I was looking for you too and she is like okay he's like not getting any better he's defo poisoned I need to find a cure for him, but I'm too far away and I can't wait for Asriel or Cassian or Amran or more to save us. So she goes and she hunts the cereal again. The little, little goss- cereal. The gossip girl. Hot tea. 
She traps it and she says, what poison was used on the arrows? And he goes, bloodbane. She says, what's the cure? He says, your blood. And it responds, if you wish to speed up your mate's healing... And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, excuse me. And he's like, oh, you didn't know that recent is your mate. No. Like fucking spill the the tea. tea. Yes. That surreal is having is making his own reality show the entire time. Literally. And then she's like, how? Yeah. Stirring the fucking pot, the cauldron. And she's like, how long has he known? And it's like for a long time. So basically, she's like, does he know she's he, he, the surreal's like, oh yeah, girl, like he knows for like a really knows. long time. Yikes, you might want to figure that one out. Totally. So she goes finds the pink weed that speeds up the healing, and when she gets back to the cave and sees Reese, she throws the weed at him, and she's like, chew on that. She is oh, so for what. He's literally dying. Or and I'm like, what? You couldn't figure out to just like take a breather. I've read, I had a friend read it who was like, I just was really confused about like why she was so, so mad. Angry. Like, and it, so and, angry. And that doesn't change. But she's so mean to him. He's literally on his fucking deathbed. And she's like, chew that. Then she slices her arm and she's so like, funny. drink this. Drink and this. She like puts his her wrist up to his face and he like doesn't do anything and then he just like she slams his head <laughs> against her he's like, wrist. All right, all right, all right. yeah so he's like confused why she's mad and then she's like how long did you know and that we're mates and he's like well i suspected under the mountain but it snapped into place on the balcony when i was saying goodbye to you which you mentioned in the first episode mm-hmm. And this is so sad. He's like, I thought you would realize like multiple times through this last month, but you just didn't. And and he's like, you know, Amrin and Morno, like Kaz and Azriel, like, ex- like kind of suspect it, like kind of thought you would like get, like get the message, but <laughs> you didn't. And he's like, this has been eating me up. He was like, even when we were flying back to the uh, Lyrian camps and I got hit by these arrows it's because I was so distracted because I wanted to tell you so bad that this was happening but felt like I couldn't and he's like you were so in love with Tamlin this just happened you then you were so broken I didn't want to tell you this and burden you and she's still pissed and she's I like, was like take me back and so he barely heals enough to like winnow them back to the war camp. camp. Yeah. The Illyrian camp. They see each other. He's like in she like leaves him in the mud. He's like in the mud, like Vera. And she goes up to her and she's like, get me the <laughs> F out of here right this second. Don't yeah. ask questions. Don't know. She's angry. And Moore is like, whoa, okay, girl. And Moore winnows her away and takes her to a safe spot. And that's where part two ends yeah where part two ends and like I just want to say I really enjoyed Feyre in this book like I think she's a little sometimes you know out to lunch on certain things but like I do really like her as a character this reaction I don't understand you already have feelings for this guy he has done nothing but like give you moments to trust him and 
when he doesn't, he explains like a valid reasoning and apologizes. And she is still so mad, which I get it. Like she's I think been that the tricked. trigger there is that she has not been told so many things. Yeah. And a big part of the trust built up between her and like getting back in the inner circle is that he doesn't hide things and he doesn't leave her out of things. And so I think she's just like maybe I think it's I you know when people like get defensive because they're actually embarrassed she's just like she's embarrassed, embarrassed that she should have known the whole time and that everybody else it's like that schoolyard crush where it's just like you don't know everybody knows and she's like so she gets a little defensive no that's fair I would be too it is a vulnerable state to be in but like girl is so upset that yeah she leaves and she stays in a snowy cabin and we'll talk about what happens next in our next episode our top critic moments and our top best romance moments and I've got some honorable mentions of things that we need to chat discuss. through mostly thoughts about the inner circle yes let us know if you agreed or disagreed or what your thoughts were and what questions you have. And what did, did people also think that her reaction was like out of pocket for this? I want to know. And that's the story of A Court of Mist and Fury parts one and two. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Megan for joining me on today's show. There is a little bit of a new schedule. I have had some suggestions and some other guests come forward wanting to come on the pod. So check out my Instagram at ready to be romanced for the new sketch. Subscribe and leave a rating and review. As I mentioned before, this is a new podcast even though I do host another podcast, Ready to Be Petty. But this one's new and having reviews and ratings is really helpful for when a new person comes across the pod and like makes a decision if they want to engage with it or not. So leaving a rating and review, super duper helpful. And the coolest thing about following an indie podcaster and getting in on the ground level like you are right now is that you get to dictate the way this podcast goes. Megan and I have been talking a lot about the format of the show, if people like the really intense deep dives and plot recaps. And you can, you know, tell us what you think you can also suggest a book or a TV or movie adaptation or leave us a question via voicemail in the episode via the links in the episode show notes. After part three is released, our next episode is The Duke and I and Bridgerton season one. Until then, happy reading. For Ready to be Romanced, I'm Tori. Goodbye. Goodbye.